See what you did there, my friend. You started with chaos early. That will be a running theme of the episode today. And of course, we do want to thank everybody and hope everyone has a wonderful and blessed Black History Month. Black History Month this month is brought to you by Brian Flores, Flipping Tables. Flipping Tables. It is also brought to you by Match. Uh, matchstick charcoal because he is burning this mother down, brother. <laughs> are you down? <laughs> are you down? Are you all the way down? I think Drake That's said it best. Hey, man, that might be one of the posts as well. Yeah, I forever love my city. House on the riverside, round down popular. Niggas ain't seeing us. Let's take out binoculars. I just left Prive, went to love. I'm still popping out. Got it left the city. I'm like, what the fuck you talking about? Got it in the city, low key, still popping out. Bulletproof and AR, and nigga, I'll walk you down. Got a drink and a spade, never drink, walk you down. All my niggas talk me up, and they'll never talk me down. Love for the north side, yeah, I'm sitting courtside. Damon with the sport ties, I don't need no allies. CMG the mafia, and we do not franchise. We are not into saving you hoes, go get baptized. We don't do the back and forth, you niggas already know it. I probably didn't rob your brother, I probably didn't shot your boys. I flew out your baby mama, I was in a DM, I don't got a number. Cold hearted nigga, but I sponsored a hot girl summer. I told her, even though I was lying to her, you know, you don't believe anything. I know I'm a rich nigga, bitches wanna charge me. I'm gonna play the game with her, she make my heart beat. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 43 of the Splash Cast the Around the League edition. I want to welcome y'all to Black, Happy Black History Month. I'm your co host, Reggie. What you did there, my friend, you started with chaos early. That will be a running theme of the episode today. And of course, we do want to thank everybody and hope everyone has a wonderful and blessed Black History Month. Black History Month this month is brought to you by Brian Flores, Flipping Tables. Flipping Tables. It is also brought to you by Match uh, Matchstick Charcoal because he is burning this mother down, brother. Are you down? <laughs> Are you down? Are you all the way down? I think Drake That's said it best. Hey, man, that might be one of the posts as well. Uh, one of the songs on the post as well. But uh, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, episode 43. Uh, you know, we talk about our HBCU uh, news around the culture here. We talk about news around the NFL and NCAA football, as well as the NBA um, and college football, college basketball, as well as the WNBA. And then we also have our splashes of the week to round it out. Uh, we're going to go ahead and get, jump right into, this is going to be a long episode, ladies and gentlemen, there is all types of stuff on fire. What did you about to say? Pull up. Grab in. It's going to be a good fun one. It's going to be a phone. You might want to go ahead. And if you're listening to this at work or you're watching it, you might want to go ahead, get your little drink, pause, make sure where you are, pause in the middle of the episode if you need to, because we got a lot to talk about, man. With that being said, let's jump into this HBCU news around the culture, man. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Yes, sir. Go ahead and, and pull you one up. If it's a hotty toddy because it's cold where you at, do it. If it's a cold brew, it's that time. It's that time. Now, HBCU news around the culture. We're going to talk about, let's start out with these 2022 preseason football HBCU recruiting rankings. So 
National Signing Day was February 4th. Um, and uh, they also had early signing day in December. And so far, the 2022 HBCU recruiting rankings as of National Signing Day, Jackson State, of course, Dion is the number one, has the number one recruiting class in black in the world. Football. In the world, Craig. Well, we'll get to the world. We'll get to the world because they got a lot more money down there in, in Aggie land. <laughs> Jackson State, Dion is slowly changing the culture. One five star, Travis. Uh, then he got a, a four-star receiver. Uh, it was a Travis Hunter's best friend. Then he got a bunch of three-stars, and this is not even including the transfer portal. So Dion is out here doing things, and we knew that was going to happen. But what I want to bring, bring light to, is Grambling. Hugh Jackson, in four months, brought Grambling to the number two recruiting rankings amongst black college football, 13 three-stars and three four-stars. How you think about that, man? You think what do you, think you what do you mean? What do I think about that? 13 three stars and three four stars. And let me clarify, I'm sure that Reggie will put the diagram right here so you can see it, and it won't be my hand here waving into oblivion. But until then, Dion and Jackson State, they have one five star, they have four four stars and 10 three stars. And Hugh right on his heels with three four stars and 13 three stars. And I mean, to round out the top three, I mean, Alabama and m ain't no slouch either. They got six four-stars and 11 three-stars. So it's very interesting to see what this is going to look like because now you got to lace them up. And you being a fan of University of Georgia, you guys having the number one recruiting class for the last 47 years in a row um, knows more than anything that you can have great players. but Don't mean shit, though. Exactly. So, and you know, that was always my biggest thing was Dion lost his very last game coaching. Mm -hmm. I want to see how these guys bounce back after meeting some adversity. Uh, it, it's always easy when you're running in the front, but when you, they, when you had his first loss on the last game. Yeah. So I want to see what they look like now that they've met some adversity. And, you know, he has like everything before this was, was kind of his, but not really. This is starting to be more of all of your players. And let, let's let's see and hear this dominance that you talk so much about. Let's see it. What about you, yeah, man? Yeah, I, I, think, I think Dion, these are more of his players than you would normally typically think of because he has so many transfers in and out of the program. A lot right. of the older players, including the, quarter, the two starting quarterbacks, one was starting before all of this happened, then the other one was starting when Dion came in. Both of them transferred. Um, so, and one transferred to Alabama A&M. Alabama A&M was the previous SWAC champion before Dion got there. And, you know, Alabama A&M coach and Dion got smoke in the city. Uh, and they're number three. They had six four-stars and 11 three-stars. And overall, they actually signed 38 players on National Signing Day. 38. I don't even know, like, the average class is like 24, the average class is like 24 to 40, I mean, sorry, 24 to 30, 28 players, right? How do you, how are you allowed to sign 30? Did you lose that many players that you could sign 38 players? I mean, I mean with COVID, I think anything is possible. <laughs> Put them on the team. Put them on the team. Find somewhere yeah. for them to go. 
and everybody here getting paid. So yeah, go ahead. You can get on the team. You're gonna get a check too. Speaking of getting I, paid, man. Wait, hold yeah. on. Before before we go, Eddie George. Ah, damn, Eddie, you in Tennessee? And y'all just got three three stars. That's all you came home with. You gonna let well, Dion in? I mean, yeah. Tennessee State doesn't get as much publicity, and we'll get to there's another topic on that right after that. Um, but he's in Tennessee where he played. Yeah. And yeah. and before Derrick Henry, it was just Eddie George. Mm-hmm. No, no, Chris Johnson. Are you not the same Chris Johnson? Not the same career as Eddie George. Okay. I, I don't I'm not gonna agree with that totally yet. I mean we're we both got Google, <laughs> but we got. Well, you're right. This is this is this is neither the time nor the place. We'll discuss that after or next week, maybe on Saturday. That'll be a good one because I mean it is interesting. Chris Johnson versus Eddie George. We'll table that. Yep, but as I said, Alabama A and M signed 38 players on National Signing Day, which is I that that is definitely a black college HBCU signing day record. I'm pretty sure that's probably an NCAA football signing day record. Uh, that that is amazing one that they had that many scholarships available Two, that they convinced 38 people to sign in one class there's only 11 positions on offense and 11 positions on defense so you pretty much recruited three people at each position if you think about it average wise that's 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 not it that's not accounting for what you already got (laughs) well obviously they ain't got much like if you sign 38 but you only got what 85 scholarship, 55, 58 scholarships, something like that. You could travel 85 players or something like that. It's 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 a lot. But anyway, man, shout out to all of these teams doing what they need to do to replenish the ranks, man. Number four was FAMU. They got a four-star and a and six three-star. Southern got one four-star, six three-stars. And then you have uh, Virginia State, Howard, Alcorn, uh, Alabama State, and Tennessee State. As you said, Tennessee only got three three stars. They got to get some more success on the field brock, uh, on national TV. The one thing about Tennessee State that they've always been knocked on is that they don't have any really televised games because they went to the Ohio Valley Conference. So they don't have a lot of televised games. You don't really see them. There's not a lot of you – don't, you don't know about – a lot of people don't – I'm not – no shade. I love to – I visited Tennessee State. I love it. But I a lot drink. of people – a lot of people don't not a lot of people talk about Tennessee State that didn't go to Tennessee State. Like a lot of people talk about Grammar. A lot of people talk about Jackson State. A lot of people talk about Southern's band or FAMU's band or something. Hampton, uh, Howard, everybody, not a lot of people just talk about Tennessee State. You know what I mean? Like, so you you gonna have to and, take advantage and get your name out there. And they have one of the premier games because they play FAMU every year in the dome. They used to. Well, they, well, used to, but that used to be like the thing. Like every year, you'd be like, "Oh yeah, Tennessee State, FAMU, kick off the season." Labor Day. Well, yeah, you're right. They don't, they don't really get the notoriety and love that they should. But Eddie, well, you need to come home with more than that too, man. But Eddie's not, and and you know, I don't want to j- keep going. But Eddie's not doesn't have that doesn't have that personality though. Like Eddie ain't no TV type personality, dude. He ain't he ain't he ain't Dion. It's it's he's not. Box office is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, but it, I mean, I agree, but I don't feel like every coach is a box office coach. There's plenty of coaches who go out and recruit just on, hey, I'm a good, I'm going to get you there. Not building a program. 
I'd have to think about program, that. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's something else we could talk about. But most of these yeah. folks that are building a program have to have some. I guess college, you do have to be. College guys are way more personality guys. You, yeah, you because you can't. Well, now you can. In the past, you couldn't throw money at them. Uh, but now you can throw money at him. Speaking of money, moving on, man. Shout out to Deion Sanders. You already got his son Shador up there with Gatorade, with Tom Brady. I'm pretty sure I think – I don't think he's with Beast by Dre yet, but um, he's on the docket too. He's got his son Shiloh, who is the starting free safety. Everybody uh, gets a, paid in this house. Yep, he got an NIL deal with uh, Gillette. Deion is already – you know, Deion's with Gillette and Aflac and I don't remember who else. He's with a hair club for men, whatever it was. He's with all of that. So he's got his son on there too. Hey, man, he's playing the game. Generational wealth building, legacy building, putting, um, you know, nepotism, something that we rarely get to participate in. I love all this. Mm-hmm. And this yeah. is just a Deion Sanders segment. Let's rename it. It's not because now we're going to move on to Grambling and um, Hugh Jackson. They, we already said they got the number two pod, uh, number pod, number two uh, recruiting class. They now have the most. I guess this is NIL is all new, but they have the newest historic NIL deal where all of their athletes get paid. So with all of their athletes getting paid, they now are more attractive to go. The reason Grambling is number two and Southern is number six and Grambling has three, four stars and Southern has one is because two players that were committed to Southern University to go play picked Grambling at the last minute after this NIL deal was released. And they switched you, over two days before signing day. That's you know, what NIL money does. Your parents, your grandparents gonna be like, man, you better go over there. They're gonna give you some money. Like, yeah. yeah and that's tough. You wanna be broke or not? It's Louisiana too. Like, you're gonna be a Louisiana, yeah. Louisiana. Like now yeah. it is. If you've been to Louisiana, that Dick, there's a Mason Dixon line in Louisiana, oh, north man. or south. And it's two different worlds. But I will say, like, y- y'all going to have to get on it, man. Y'all going to have to get to the point where and, – and Dion and and Hugh, they're writing the book. They're showing you the playbook. They're writing the plays down. Yeah, now, the, 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 the issue is is you got guys who can go in and execute on the deal or the setup of the deal. Dion, you gonna walk, Yeah, Hugh walking right in. Hey, man, I'm, I'm Hugh Jackson. I'm sure you're, you, you know who I am. And yeah, he's in Ruston, Louisiana. Oh, Mr. Jackson, what would you like? Ruston is near Monroe. Just yes. Yes. So yeah, I mean two hours outside yeah. of Dallas. Exactly. So yeah, all of that to me, the rest of these guys, minus Eddie George, don't have that. You got a lot, but you don't have I'm an NFL coach or I'm an NFL Hall of Famer. That's just tough to deal with. And that's yeah. just that's going to open so many more doors. And, and I'm sure that for the most part, Hughes had these relationships with these people before. Hey, I'm just here now. As you said, man, high tide brings up all ships, man. So the fact that Virginia State, I mean, yeah, Virginia State got four three stars. Howard got six. Howard was horrible and got six three stars. Like you got the SWAC schools, which, you know, are, le- are rounding out are leading the pack because SWAC schools is basically the SEC of black college football. But you got some of these other schools, Tennessee State, Howard, and and, and all of those guys, uh, Virginia State landing recruits too. So the movement is strong. I'm, we're happy for it. Shout out to Jackson State. Southern need to be better. What do you say, Norwood? Hampton? 
Amen. We not on the list. Y'all you know, we don't. And it ain't nowhere that we that they need to be that we don't need to be seen. Hey, Hampton, yep. y'all need to go get go get us go get us some. We got a couple dollars spent too. <laughs> and speaking of one last thing about recruiting, shout out to Killer Mike's nephew Chance that went to Westlake High School. He is now headed to Tuskegee to play football on academic and uh, uh, athletic scholarships. So shout out to Killer Mike's nephew. Shout out to Westlake High School, best high school in the world. Still pumping out. Great uh, 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 talent. Hey, man. We're pretty good, man. Uh, so, shout out to all of them. Yeah, I ain't finna lie and say my high school is the best high school in the world. It was a high school. It was in the world. I know where you went to school. It's not. Whoa, but, um, relax. Relax. <laughs> uh, we we got to round out the football conversation in HBCU sports, man. We got to, we got to, we got to, we got to have a conversation. Now, we talked about Jackson State, and we say this is the Dion segment and all of this stuff and how he's wonderful, he's doing things, and how Tennessee State needs to do better, and Tennessee State needs more uh, publicity and high-tide rays, all ships, all that stuff. Jackson State, y'all pulling out of the Southern Heritage Classic against Tennessee State without even talking it over with the athletic department or the coach or the president of the administration of Tennessee State. Y'all just released a tweet with a letter saying, nah, we're not doing it. Well, they, they said it was breach of contract, but I mean, you would assume that this is HBCU football. Before we do something like that, we are play cousins. At least have the conversation, try to mend the fence. You know, we're all, you know, we joke, we play and joke all the time about who, who's the better school, who's the better university. But at the end of the day, they only see us as one, so. You know, I would like to see a little bit more. And I hope the relationship, I imagine it's probably over, but yeah, I hope that it can. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I ain't going to sit up here and, and and lie to anybody. Yeah, if you do that to me, I don't know what they did to say breach the contract. But for you to just put it on Twitter and be like, hey, dog, we out. And Tennessee State responded right back so y'all just going to basically the president of tennessee state said so y'all yeah. basically just going to jump out of the classic without even telling us and then going to release what? a press statement it, it depends like on what Durant you or so westbrook talking about hey i'm not coming back like what you mean but it depends on what you did for me to break it i don't know if it was tennessee state that did anything i think it was somebody else um mm. but anyway it's a bad look it's a bad look Hopefully they can, because that's a that's a big classic, man. And you talk about Tennessee State and FAMU. Tennessee State, Jackson State, because they used to play in Indianapolis every year. And then they switched and they would play. Now they, was, they were playing in Nashville because it's closer. I never really liked it when they played in Indianapolis anyway. I didn't understand that at all. Uh, but, I mean, Indiana is a basketball state. And there's no HBCUs in Indiana, is there? Are there? That not I that can, I know of. Yeah, not to readily pop off my brain. I'll have to really search. Well, you don't have to search, but, you know, just so I never understood why they would play in Indiana, which is it's fun. I mean, I'm sure it brought more money. Oh, that was the one they always played in the Colts Stadium. Yeah, in Indianapolis. But now now they're playing in, in Nashville. So Martin Martin University, originally Martin Center College, a private college in Indianapolis, Indiana. Shout out to y'all. Um, one. Didn't it? So it's only one. So to me, it would have been better to play where they were playing in Nashville or some type of centrally located place, which is, you know, the top of Mississippi is the 
going towards the Tennessee, ain't it? Or is that Alabama? I think it's Alabama. Geography in my strong point. But anyway, they should not have backed out the way that they did. And I hope that they can um I hope that they can can rectify the situation and salvage the relationship because that's a really big classic, just like Jack State fan you is. Yeah, yeah, I would you just you want to see things work out, especially as we kind of specifically like Hampton and you know, we get into the rest of the schools here in a second. That as uh, as we move around, even if we can't be in the same conference, at least make sure that we maintain the relationship and play the game. Exactly. And I, I will also say, okay, I'm I'm gonna be honest. I'm only looking for my best interest here. This is the games, the best games to tailgate. <laughs> it is, man. It is. Pardon me for telling the truth. Hey, man. It is what it is. That's part of the experience. Um, and as another part of the experience as black college, you know, as you said, we play cousins. So do better, Jackson State. And apparently it's the swack that also influenced them to to pull out of that game. So do better, Southwestern Athletic Conference. All y'all do better. Um speaking of conferences. Heard what you said. <laughs> speaking of conferences, let's get to North Carolina AT. They have a historic ranking. I think this is the first time or the first time in a long time that uh, HBCU track team is has a number one ranking in the nation. Um, if you remember, North Carolina AT had the four by four, four by four hundred, it was a four by one hundred team that uh made it to the Olympics, uh, the Summer Olympics two years ago. So they have been putting out excellence in the athletic department and academic-wise at that school for a long time. I just, it just it feels good to have a team that's the number one team. And I mean, like I said, we play cousins, so you you know we support North Carolina AT like they're Hampton right now, and I hope they go out there and destroy the competition, run it up. Yeah, man, Literally. I hope they do. Or keep run, destroying the competition because you had to destroy the competition to get to the number one um, team. Now, for those that don't know, the uh, North Carolina A&T left the MEAC and went Division One, And now uh, Hampton eventually followed suit. But now Hampton is leaving the – was a Big South and going to the – Colonial Athletic, Athletic Association. Yep. And A&T and Howard – might possibly join them. Of I think course. that's interesting. Colonial Athletics Association, if this ain't, hey, I see the tea leaves, black is in, y'all can all come here. <laughs> they are taking advantage of it. Well, I mean, it makes sense for a ton of reasons. Like, I don't, I am being facetious because Howard and A&T just always watching what we're doing. But you know, realistically, just in proximity does make a bunch of sense. Those other teams in the Colonial Athletic Association, they're kind of similar. And I feel like this, you know, this would be a great, like, blended conference if you could get another HBCU. And then this also gives us a chance to compete against some non-HBCU football teams, get some more notoriety, and at the same time, beat up on some of these guys. Win too. Yes, Games yes. we can win. Because you don't want to move up too far and then be like, all right, we're just getting stomped out every game. Uh, but for the most part, these guys are all from the same area. Travel works. And I would love to see, you know, you don't want to be, it's like a class. I don't want to be the only person in here. Go ahead, get A&T in there. Get Howard in there, and we can beat all of y'all. 
it's cool. I'm partial to the Miak. Um, yeah, but I, the Miak ain't Miak and high should right now. No, and I, I hope that we move back to it. Um, they like you said, the Miak is in the midst of a rebrand and a shakeup uh, up top in the administration and the leadership of the Miak. I'm always, I'm always for black schools playing black schools and all of that. But I understand the need for, in order to grow, you got to get your name out there, and this is another way to grow. So uh, maybe they join the Miak and the Miak files for Division One, something, something, something like Big Sky or Big South or whatever, something like that. Or you just rebuild the conference. It's just, I mean, teams go in and out of conferences all the time. If you build a strong conference. We're going to get the competition. We're going to get the views that we need to get, which is the biggest thing right now is being able to be seen. Then, yeah, I, I would assume. Excuse me. God bless you. I, I would assume that Hampton is interested in, in coming back to that. Yeah. Yeah. One more time. Yeah, I, I hope that. They, one more uh, time for the one time. <laughs> Hampton will, man. So we'll see how it plays out. But this is definitely a big move. So shout out to Hampton. A&T is a powerhouse. And then um, Howard, Howard Hampton, you, you know, we make y'all year every year. So um, we welcome y'all too. Moving on in our final segment is really, I mean, not segment, our final topic. It's really not a topic. I just wanted to tell uh, Delaware State that y'all got to do better, man. The Delaware State girls team, and I'm not trying to pack on and be upset and say all that other stuff. I don't know the miss. It could have been COVID. It could have been that y'all just aren't good. But to get beat 102 to 36 is just disrespectful. (laughs) You said fight them? I don't, yes. I don't often condone violence. But when you got to about, when you got probably about to 87, 36, all right, big dog, we're done here. I'm going to the locker room. I'm going to the locker room early, coach. Like, how do you describe this game? I I describe this game as a 102 to 36 point run. Like, a, this was just one long. You know how they say this is a 12 to two run, a 10 to two run. This is 102 <laughs> to 36 run. <laughs> they no, I'm gonna tell you the whole game. I'm gonna tell you something more disrespectful because you know Lisa Leslie. They highlighting her almost every day now. She scored 101 points in 16 minutes. I kicked it in the back of her knee. Right, you. How I <laughs> physically can yes. Yes. So that's yeah. four points. I mean, she must have just got fouled so much. A lot of that had to come from the fouling. They <laughs> half of it came from the from the foul line. What about the other 51 so points? 16 times five. It's 80. So 20 times five is 100. So 16 minutes. Hey. divided by 16 is she scoring uh, seven points a minute? Almost almost seven points a minute? Yeah. So that's a three. They didn't have three-pointers back then when she was in high school, did they? Because she's a little oh, older. They must have had four. They must have four points. <laughs> you playing on the MTV Jock Jams court. Yes. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. that's crazy. But uh, hey, man, back to it. NSU girls, hey man, y'all could y'all could have done the mercy rule. What happened to the running clock? Like what y'all had to institute something. One hundred and two to thirty six. That that was violence and that was personal. But hey, if you don't want to do it, Delaware State, stop them. And the reason that this was brought up was just thirty one years ago, February seventh, nineteen ninety. Lisa Leslie scored one hundred and one points in sixteen minutes. 
fight everybody, man. And I don't condone violence, and I'm not finna sit up here and say that I'm gangster killer Norwood. But I'm not, I'm not sure you're gonna fight somebody. It's like trying to fight Oakley. Like obviously she's better in every way, shape, and well, form. Hey, well, <laughs> okay, I, okay, I might not fight him, but I'm getting teed up. If I oh, can't yeah. fight you, then I'm just gonna yell at the ref, and then I'm gonna get I'm hey going to the locker room. I'm ready to go anyway. <laughs> yeah, sit out here with y'all. And I'm not shaking their hands after this. <laughs> oh, there is no handshake, no nothing. But um, hit, hit him with that Nate. Nate love to be like. <laughs> <laughs> if Nate don't like you, he is not coming all the way down there to shake your hand. Nope. Everybody else. <laughs> Nate, what is that? But. With that being said, ladies and gentlemen, we've come to the end of the HBCU News Around the Culture segment of episode 43, Happy Black History Month, the Around the League edition. Uh, we are now about to get into what we've all been waiting for, ladies and gentlemen, watching okay, the, the NFL burn. Now, this was the historically black college and university segment. Next is just the historically black segment. <laughs> Y'all stay tuned. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 43 of the Splash Cast, the Around the League edition. We are now going to get into our NFL and NCAA football news and notes, and we have a lot of stuff we want to talk about. It's going to be a pretty lengthy conversation uh, in NCAA football as well as NFL football. You got the Pro Bowl, QBs on the move, um, but that's not why y'all really here. Y'all really here to see and talk about why and how the NFL is burning to the ground to well, not burning to the ground, but burning down. It is on fire right now. And who is the chief culprit or who I say, who is the chief whistleblower? Who is the chief whistleblower? Brian Flores, former Miami Dolphins coach, Brian Flores, uh, for y'all that don't know, he is suing the NFL for malpractice in hiring, as well as discriminatory tactics and violation of the Rooney Rule um, with regards to hiring minority coaches and coaches of color to head coaching positions in the NFL. And people know that he has a case because there is currently one active Black coach who has been with the team forever in Mike Sumlin. Um, so... With that being said, man, this has been one of the most interesting stories. We talked about it on Instagram Live Saturday, but there has been more to come out and more coaching hirings that pretty much support his point going forward. Um, Brian Flores got this shit on fire, dog. And you have coaches, players, the, one of the McCordy twins, two of the most, I don't know if you really want to say most, they're really not most anything, two of the most well-known yeah, they're just well-known, respected football players. Well-known, respected football players from the Patriots um, who talk about when they left to get their money and went to Cleveland, he said there was no way we were trying to win. It was obvious we weren't trying to win in Cleveland. Why is that important? Because Hugh Jackson has already insinuated um, that, you know, they were definitely trying to lose. Um, Brian Flores says that the Miami Dolphins owner – not only was trying to lose and losing on purpose, trying to incentivize losing, he also was violating uh, 
rules when trying to have Tom Brady and Brian Flores just happen to show up together on a yacht when Brady left uh, New England, which is highly illegal. Um, but you know what happens. So Brian Flores is pretty much blowing the whistle on everything. And now other coaches are coming in and sharing their experiences. Some are contradicting what he's saying and some, well, aren't aligning with what he's saying, but some are also making sure that even though they didn't have the same experience he's had, that they also understand where he's coming from. And Aaron Glenn and Deuce Staley. Deuce Staley is one of those coaches that definitely should have gotten a, at least an offensive coordinator position by now. Years ago. He's been Philly. I think he's been with the 49ers. And and wherever he goes, the, the guys who coach, yeah, whatever position he coaches, typically running backs, he does a good job with. Uh, yeah, you saw Marcus Spears speak out. You saw Shannon Sharp speak out. I think it's mostly understood. I think that Brian Flores actually stepping up and being the guy who says, I will fall on the sword for this cause is admirable and respectable. And the way His that he's over. Yes, and, and the way that he's handled this with the utmost integrity at all points, specifically as, as some relatively low moments from the things he discussed. If you don't, if they, as Shannon Sharp likes to say, whiteball him, it is, it is, it's such, it's, the, the NFL just looks so bad because this guy looks like he is handling this with, fry, with flying colors, He's doing everything that you would expect from somebody at the most inopportune times. And, and to operate with that level of integrity and to not really just, you know, lose your mind is, is admirable. Yeah, man, he, he is definitely, I, I get, is definitely. As you saw, I stumbled over that because really what I was trying to say is I'm mad for him. Yeah. And I, w- but- I would, if it was me, I would have been to kick some shit over. But this is definitely calculated, though. I think he he went into this hiring offseason with the frustration from Miami and the stench of Miami because it, at the end of the day, what you're accusing of owners of doing is basically making you the sacrificial lamb and to the point where they give you an offensive – I mean, they give you a head coaching position to satisfy the commissioner and the Rooney rules and get the draft picks, and then you never get an offensive – and then you never get a head coaching position Again, there's very few head coaches that are black that get multiple head coaching positions. I think Lovey Smith is one. Um, and maybe that's and, it. And, uh, Raheem Morris, but his was more he was hired and then he was the interim. Yes, he, he just was like, hey, you're here. We'll give you the job because we don't, you know, we don't have another person. Yeah, and how I think many black he, head coaches were rehired after not winning, after not after leaving their first head coaching position for whatever the circumstance. How many were they? Tony Dungy. Tony Dungy would be one. Right. Uh but Jim he's Caldwell. Another. But Jim Caldwell was appointed to the Colts. I don't think he, after Tony Dungy left, he was and he was hired in Detroit. Jim Caldwell. Yeah. So maybe it's it's less than five. It's five. Yeah, it's a, it's a short list. <laughs> So that's 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 part of what you know they're trying to say is that we don't get the same opportunities and the same no. nepotism. There's only one system in the NFL is nepotism. We don't get any of that. 
Jason Garrett, Joe Judge, Adam Gase. I'm going to keep throwing those names. Hey, Cliff Kingsbury. You're going to hear those names until you're probably sick of them. But these are guys who have just never performed and still been able to coach for, for a decent amount of time terribly. Not, yeah, not like... Man. Not like, and as a black coach, you don't even get the the opportunity to be mediocre. Like Marvin Lewis, in the in the Bengals, before this last run, that was as good as the Bengals have been since that time they went to the Super Bowl with the with the Forty ers Like, just Maybe. getting to yes, just, jeez, I was born eighty six, but yeah, he they were they were mad with him for just not winning a playoff game, and then after he left. They suffered for a long time. That is the only thing that gives me any little bit of peace and solace is every time after they fire one of these black coaches for not winning a Super Bowl in like three years, they struggle even worse. You see what Caldwell did to the Lions. Oh, and I mean, NCAA, I'm going to throw y'all in there too. Y'all see what Florida State has done ever since they let Willie Taggart go. And I always said that. I said sometimes being fired is the best thing that can happen to you. Yeah, man. And also, we're going to keep continuing this conversation, but I just want to say, hey, Salute, A.J. Green. It sucks for you. You were there 10 years, and the year that you leave, they go to the Super Bowl? Lord A.J. Grizzle. Ah, that sucks, man. That sucks. That sucks. <laughs> but um, keeping, on conversa- <laughs> keeping on with the conversation, man, Brian Flores is not backing down. He's very well calculated. Um, he's high. Oh, wait, 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 wait. That's that's the other point that I wanted to make. You have to hire this man. He has been preparing to take over, take on, and take over the NFL all while coaching an extra mediocre team to overachieving. This man is literally doing two jobs at one time, and and if you can do that, then you can sure as hell be the head coach of my football team. Mm-hmm. 100%, man. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Um, I think personally that in order for this to have some real traction and real movement, and I, I, I don't like doing this because I don't like it when they do it in movies. I don't like it when they do it and they talk about history, black history and the movements that happen. But you're going, but it's going to, ha- you, you're going to have to need it. So you have coaches like Bruce Arians. Um, you have coaches like, Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan, who have like all black assistant coaches or majority of their assistant coaches are black. You're going to have to get them to speak out as well, right? How can I find, how can the, and, and, and you really got to get a bunch of people to speak out. How can there be so many qualified assistant coaches that are black? So many qualified assistant coaches that, that are position coaches, the same position coaches that the white coaches that are, that move up into coordinators, that move up to offensive, move up to um, head coaches. Why doesn't that happen to the black head coaches? They do the same thing. Their offensive line, Dan Quinn was a defensive line coach, defensive line coach. Then they move up the defensive coordinator. Then they move from defensive coordinator, but then they, for some, or offensive coordinator, Eric B offensive coordinator, uh, 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 office coordinator for Tampa Bay, uh, broke his leg. Byron Leftwich, you have all these historic offensive coordinators and historic teams, defensively and or offensively, but then they can't move up to be a head coach. Like that's 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 not true, and that's some that's that's BS. So I I hope that, and I don't want to make it. I did like I said, I didn't want to make it about having a white ally be the main person, 
but they, you're going to need somebody else of another skin tone to speak up and say, well, I can find black head coaches. I can find black uh, qualified personnel. Why can't you? I'm not going to stay here long because I don't want to race this thing out. But this is the moment where you find out the people who are re really your allies versus people who are just telling you what you want. to the fire, baby. I don't, I'm, I'm not going to give you a long soliloquy. I'm not going to give you a sermon. Brief and to the point. I'm from Missouri. Show me. Mm -hmm. I'm I will listen. I, I get on my soapbox. My soapbox stay right here. I, I don't need no life. soapbox. I ain't gotta, if I got to tell you what was blatantly obvious, you never allied mine in the first place. Hmm. Hmm. So in the midst of this, And definitely don't uh, need to beg you. I ain't beg you. Nah. In the midst of this Brian Flores stuff going on, there's a whole lot of other topics going on as well. Um, one, the fallout from this is the head coach hiring. Um, you see Jim Harbaugh. When an interview for Minnesota, although it came out that he and the general manager that they just hired uh, have a good relationship. So they gave him the interview just because they have a good relationship. Which is case in point. Why would you not? Whatever. But, um, you know, they. But, and and the, the, the foil of that is he's a black man. So imagine <laughs> a white guy getting an interview because a black man said, yeah, we probably should, but. But you know that's so, that's hope that street must it ain't got two lanes. It's a boy one so, one way. <laughs> the thing about this, what I'm scared about with the Brian Flores situation is it, it's got a lot of shock value right now, and then it's gonna fade back because of uh the Super Bowl, and then nothing's gonna change. So, for example, the Jaguars went from Urban Meyer to Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson is the former head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. Years later, um, after Frank Reich left, who was his offensive coordinator, and Frank Reich is doing amazing in Indianapolis. So right. a lot of people say that Doug Peterson isn't the reason that they won. He's kind this of like a Dan Quinn character. This is fantastic. I like to see. This is when one train is on one side of the screen and one train is on the other side of the screen, and you know that they're going to meet in the middle and it's going to be a train wreck. This is the reason I'm so happy about the Jaguars signing Dougie P. Doug was ran out of the scene where he won a Super Bowl. <laughs> so what do you think that the Jaguars are about to do? Let me tell you one thing that you can notice about teams is they trend. And this team hire Urban Meyer. And let me tell you, when you hire Urban Meyer, you're trending in a downward direction. And then you're going to hire a guy who was fired from the last, from the place he won a Super Bowl. You're still making bad decisions. I have no issues. This is another team. I really, I, a lot of these jobs, I don't want to even see black people get, black men get. I, I'm upset that Lovey took that Texas job. You're another stop gap, stop gap guy. <laughs> I had to calculate my words. Yeah, I was going to slip up and say the wrong thing. But, yeah, they're just using you for your face until they find who they really want and figure out what they're going to do with Deshaun Watson. And I, it's unfortunate. It's, I, I, before you leave there, I want to stay there because Lovey Smith was in um, the running for this head coaching job. He kind of 
he he interviewed for it, but there was no buzz about him at all. The buzz was about Josh McCown, who has no experience at all. He was just the Eagles' backup quarterback last year. And then it was about Josh McCown coming and interviewing for the head coaching job of the Houston Texans. Let me say that again, ladies and gentlemen. Josh McCown has no coaching experience. He was a backup quarterback for the – No, Okay not going to discredit high school josh mccown has no nfl or college experience in coaching josh mccown was the how many high school co- well, i know quick scope how many high school coaches you know can go from being a high school coach to the nfl i mean of course you white but back to it josh mccown has no nfl or college coaching experience and he was in the running to be the k coach of against lovey smith for the houston texans lovey smith took the Chicago Bears to the Super Bowl in 2006 and lost to Peyton Manning because he had Rex Grossman as quarterback. That is why they lost. And you are in the running against Josh McCown. Lovey Smith was head coach of Illinois. Lovey Smith was head coach of the of the of the Bears. He's been a defensive coordinator everywhere. He's respected and renowned. And you have to, that is what this entire Brian Flores thing is about. I have I have all of this experience. Man, screw being twice as good to get half as much. I'm 25 times better than this dude. I've been coaching longer than he's been alive. And I'm interviewing against him. And, pro- and I'm, I, there's no shade to Lovey. It's really shade to Houston. You probably wouldn't have got the job if Brian Flores they ain't got them burned this shit down. Because they were leaning towards Josh McCown. And then within the last three days, two days after this happened, Houston is zeroing in on Lovey Smith. What? I didn't even know Lovey was. They announced, they talked about the people that was interviewing. They didn't even know he was interviewing. So now they're trying to save face, right? They're hiring Lovey Smith over Josh McCown. Pittsburgh doing Pittsburgh things. Shout out Mike uh, Mike Sumlin, Terrell Austin, another brother, um, named the defensive coordinator in Pittsburgh. That's pretty cool. Uh, he's he was in the midst of contract negotiations, and they basically did right by him. Terrell Austin has put in a lot of work in the league, and especially uh, Pittsburgh. So they did right by him by promoting him. So this all stay with me, ladies and gentlemen, when I'm talking about all of these people getting hired. This all rounds me back to Mike McDaniels. Mike McDaniels is the offensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers, studying under Kyle Shanahan. Um, he has now been named the head coach of the Dolphins. One thing that Roger Goodell and the NFL have tried to do to incentivize the owners of hiring and improve their practices of hiring minorities is in, when instituting the Rooney rule is that you get bonus picks in the draft for diversity and inclusion hires basically basically that's what it is you get a diversity and inclusion uh bonus bonus for hiring black or people of color coaches mike mcdaniels i'm gonna let you take it from here because i don't want to say something wrong but mike mcdaniels he's right here ladies and gentlemen and norwood you take it from here (laughs) Yes, uh, because I've had this discussion with multiple people, and I'm and no, yeah, because I don't think that you're going to say the wrong thing. It's just it's a difficult subject to navigate 
because you know he is multiracial, um, and and you want to give people the space to be multiracial because just as much as you may be, you know, identify with one part where your parent may your your father may be one and your mother be maybe the other. You deserve the space to be able to express and learn both sides of your culture. You can't say that one is better than the other. They're just different. Um, when it comes to this, the first thing that we have to do is like the minority hiring. But being that we went to HBCUs, we understand there is a depth within that where the next rung, you know, if, if racism is here, then colorism is here. And being, you know, if you're well-read, you may know about what we will call the brown paper bag test. And, and the fact that a lot of times that if you are looking for what they will consider like a diversity hire or somebody who is, you know, a, a minority um, or just different race, then you go to something that is closer to the masses, if, if, if that makes sense. And, he's, he's, he's fair yes. Yes, he's a very fair-skinned man, and that, that comes with his own. But one thing that I, I, you know, and me and Reggie, we talk about everything before we pod. And one thing that I don't ever want to put it in a situation where we're pitting ourselves against another black man, but we also have to... We have to all be aware of these type of things, and we know that these practices have been happening since the beginning of time. Go ahead, Rich. Uh, <laughs> I am trying. I am trying not to say without. He's fair skinned. He does not talk about his father at all. That could be for a myriad of reasons. His father was obviously was not. I, I'm not gonna say obvious. I don't know. I don't think his father was in his life. I know not, well, we don't know. Let's not make know. the assumption. Let's be but responsible. He doesn't. Now, I will say he doesn't talk about any part of his personal life in terms of his family upbringing. He doesn't talk about that at all. So, but. God, I am struggling to. I want to say. To me, he's safe. He's safe. He's safe. He's yes. safe. What I was going to say was bare minimum. Like he is like. Nah, you don't want to come. And I know. And that's why I don't. But I, I don't mean it that way. I don't mean yeah. like he's bare minimum of, of his makeup. We pod now. I we are now we're here, into a conversation. But when I say bare minimum, I mean like you could have. The opposite end of that spectrum would to me. And this is, we're in a colorism conversation. So I'm not being rude. I'm not being offensive. The opposite end of that spectrum, if y'all remember a coach that coached the Philadelphia Philadelphia uh, uh, Eagles for a while, uh, his name was Ray Rhodes. Ray Rhodes was one of the most unapologetically black, black coaches, along with people like Dennis Green, was another person. That's like on the opposite end of that. So when I say it's, it's the bare minimum. I'm not talking about his genetic makeup, even though that does play into it. It's more of you have a whole lot of people that you could have hired, right? A whole lot of, especially if you want to talk about, we can even get away from the colorism conversation to talk about his experience to be, have it make the conversation safer. You got to Eric B. Enemy. Yeah. And, and now that is where, 
Well, this is the real podcast world. We're not gonna we're not gonna mince words here. If you look at his time, he's been with Kyle Shanahan. Everybody knows that Kyle and his daddy call all the plays. Mm-hmm. And I was listening everything. Everything. And Skip and Shannon said it today. They assumed, and, and I'm with them. I assume he's never called a play a day in his life. And he's and that's penalized for it like the enemy is though. And Assuming that, is, that the enemy doesn't call plays. Y- yes. Which he does. We 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 know on a good order that he does call plays. Um, so for me, it's just one of the things that, that we deal with is all right. So, and you know, it is all right. So I'm a large bearded black man. You're a large bearded black man. When we go into places, if you know, it's always the awkward, how am I going to mess with this guy? And I've been in situations where they want to go for the fair skin, uh, option. And, and it's just something else that we've learned to navigate it's frustrating, and then to see it kind of manifest, like all of these things, I would say as as a black man, they're they're triggering because you see everything manifesting at one time. Okay, first of all, if you get a job, it has to be the absolute worst job that you can get. You can never get a good job. You then gotta take if, the fall. Yes, and then a lot of these jobs, you're you're set up. You're, you're set up guy. to take an L from day one. Lovey Smith, David Cully, etc. And and until and eventually, for sure, the Texans are going to figure it out. And then they're going to find Sean, McJ- Sean McVay Jr. Jr. And he'll get the job. And he'll have his... I want to get out of this conversation so bad. But you I just don't, know I how... I want to go deeper. You, I want to talk about how this is part of the whole entire uh, makeup of, of of American culture. This is just a microcosm of Ameri- what goes on in America. Let's talk about... I mean, we can talk... I can go deep. I can talk about Thomas Edison but the, with all them, all them patents that are made by black folks. We can get into this conversation. But the thing about it is, the best part about this is, and I'm going to say it until it's proven otherwise, is they continue... It's a failure every time. Every time that you get one of these microwave ass coaches just as soon as they get in there they're right out of there that's the reason you have this constant flow of certain teams always going to have the same guys coaching and yeah, and, and and specifically the New York Giants i mean you might as well throw the Cowboys in there too even though they have a little bit different of a situation you know everybody ain't going to deal with Jerry but definitely the Giants and, and just i mean i always were going to bring up the Pacers the Pacers are about to go into a fire sale. They fired Nate, and then ever since then, everything has gone downhill. And if you're going to continue to treat people like that, I hope that it continues to not work in your favor. That's all yeah, I got to say on it. Yeah, let's Saints. Saints. They hired Dennis Allen, promoted Dennis Allen for defensive coordinator. They did that over B enemy, you know, and they're. You, it just that's work. another guy. That's that's a job that I didn't want the enemy to take because you never know if Sean Payton is going to show back up and want his job back. And just the way that he, I don't think he showed up. But you, he, he could. I, I, you know, he could. And if he shows back up and says, "Hey, I want this job again," they gonna give it to him. Yep, he is, man. So. Keep it with the NFL being on fire. I'm gonna nick some of these conversations, man. We don't need it. The Pro Bowl was terrible. We're gonna keep go back with the, the, the Pro Bowl is terrible. They were playing two-hand touch. Shout out to Kyle Pitts for getting his first 
continental American touchdown as his only touchdown came in London uh, last year. So shout out to him getting his first continental touchdown in the NFL. Other than that, nobody really cares about that game. They literally were not tackling each other. Um, not only did uh, fans not like it, Shannon Sharp, Deion Sanders, everybody, all the old school players are tweeting about it and how there's no pride in the game at all. But I get that because Robert Edwards went to the Pro Bowl and went to the rookie gang, and he was a running back, and he destroyed his knee playing beach volleyball, one of those things, after his rookie year. So it is what it is. Um, Jeff Garcia, Mina. Oh, well, you want to get back to the to stuff yeah, being on fire? You want to talk about the it, it, Let's go. Yeah, Damn Snyder. I'm changing his name, Damn, with the M, <laughs> instead of Dan with an N. Uh Damn Snyder, he just continues to be horrible, be a horrible person and flourish. Money. He he is the ultimate power and influence. They did an investigation. They got John Gruden fired. And they can't release any of that investigation unless he says release the information. He's, he's an evil genius. Reggie, ask me a favor. Ask me something. Ask me. Ask me if I'll call the police on me. <laughs> I want you to ask me that. Nord, are you going to turn yourself in? No, uh-uh. no, 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 no. That's different. If I turn myself in, that means I committed some. I've committed a crime, and I'm going to go through the legal proceedings. Ask me if I'm going to call and ask the legal proceedings to find me. Hey, Norwood, are you going to call the police on yourself? Hell no. And I don't know why they expect Dan Snyder to either. What? Oh, no. So you you think I did something and I'm going to let y'all know when I just can say no and never address it? So for more context, before we go, I, we never told what, what we're talking about. He's been accused of sexual harassment and, you know, making cheerleaders come to private events hosted by him and serve, serve hors d'oeuvres and drinks topless. Uh, a very toxic work environment for the cheerleaders and any woman in his uh, organization. Um, and there's just been more and more and more and more and more uh, sexual harassment filings against him that have come up. So um, in a league where they bring up everything about a player when something goes wrong, I mean, Dan Snyder just keeps stepping on over and making billions of dollars, even though he is now trying to get the racism part of his uh, resume off, get the racism part off his resume by changing the name to the Washington Commanders. He still got that sexual har harassment uh, section. Now, th this is the point that I will say, and maybe you keep this in here, maybe you don't. Uh, but the cheerleaders make nine to twelve dollars an hour. Might just not take the job. <laughs> Probably just worth quitting. Well, no. So I, I have a dance wife, right? I have a wife that teaches choreography uh, that gets kids to go get scholarships on dance, um, um, teaches in the school system and at studios. The thing about that, when you take a job like that is for notoriety, right? You, you have to be able to get yourself out there to be seen to get on other well-paying jobs. It's just that the Washington football team, Redskins slash commanders are just the bottom of the barrel. 
you know, everybody aspires to be a Dallas Cowboys cheerleader at the time, right? The Cowgirls, yeah. they got their own, they got their own station. But um, that, you got to work your way up to get there. I, I don't, you know what? Sometimes you have to understand that you may not be well-versed on everything. I was about to say, get out of there. And I am, like Jack, moonwalk myself right on out of that. Uh, if that is, if you know, if that is the endeavor that you want to pursue, we here at the Splashcast want to support you. Yep. But we just, don't support just... you being sexually harassed by damn Snyder. Um, we or wish it with we wish that damn Snyder would just come on out with all of his uh charges and everything that you've done. Just I w- we would appreciate if you if you would be honest, but we are all sure that the way that this is set up, you will never tell us the truth. Um, I mean, and, and, you know, until he, the NFL no longer polices itself, everything is going to continue as is. Because nobody's going to tell on themselves. I speed every day. I'm not going to call. Hey, police! I'm on 59 South going 85 to 75. Never going to happen. But I mean, so basically the NFL and most organizations run by the old thinking white man have toxic work workforces. You know, when I say old thing a white man, it's the chauvinist uh, thoughts, the chauvinist. Uh, and I would say old any man, because chauvinism is not something that is dedicated to just white men and toxic stuff. But white men, for the most part, run these Fortune 500 companies. Every, every NFL team is a Fortune 500 company, right? So, you know, all these, they have toxic work environments and they have not been inclusive to women at all. Speaking of, why did I bring that up of toxic masculinity? Quickly, we're going to talk about Jeff Garcia. Wait, Jeff can Garcia, you put a picture of Jeff Garcia right here so, so everybody can see who Jeff Garcia is? It's funny thing is, even with this picture that you see up here, most of y'all still don't know who he is. Jeff Garcia was a quarterback that had, as Norwood likes to say, with Cooper Cup, Adam Thielen, and all of those uh, skill players – um, that play in the NFL, they're good for three years. The, the flash in the pan quarterback, Jeff Garcia. Uh, he was also general- not only just a flash in the pan quarterback, I would like to nominate him as top 10 most punchable faces. Yeah. Yeah. And he, <laughs> he, you know, he played with Terrell Owens and he played back when the 49ers were, uh, you know, a great above mediocre, you know, it wasn't gas, but it wasn't mid. It was just good, you know. So Jeff Garcia, Mia, Mina Kimes calls out Jimmy Garoppolo in the 49ers because Jimmy G is not good, right? And Mina Kimes is one of the most well-respected journalists, not even talking about female, not even talking about multicultural, not even talking about any of that. Just as a journalist, Mia Kimes is one of the best journalists in football she has her memory and sports knowledge in trivia game is insane you will lose every time and she's funny as hell it's just way better her job than fucking jeff garcia let's keep it real Uh, i mean yes Yes. jeff garcia isn't good at journalism nor is he was he really that great in the nfl he had three good years three good years now he did work his way from the bottom up he played i think played nfl europe when he was there uh he played uh, I think, or was it Arena League football? He he didn't start out in the NFL. He was poop, and now he's going against. After Mina Kimes called out, uh, what y'all missed there is I copied and pasted the picture of 
Jeff Garcia looking like Jeff Garcia into the production notes, and it's hilarious. He yeah, looks I, like every I guy not, you want to did not post over here. Uh, well, it, when you yeah, when you see it, he's one of the guys. Oh yeah, like, this is definitely the picture we're gonna lose, <laughs> y'all. You know what I'm talking about, y'all. Y'all know when we y'all see this picture right here. This uh, is the, of the of the of the white guy that the, who thought he could beat up every black dude and then got punched in the face. Like that's him. A like, lot of Limp Biscuit. A lot of Limp Biscuit. A lot of Fred Durst. So like you know, but Mina Kimes is circling it back to her is one of the best. Um, journalist out right now she's on espn she has her own podcast with her dog lenny that's awesome um and jeff garcia i guess felt some type of way about what mina kimes said about uh <laughs> about uh what's his name i can't think of his name he's so poopy Jimmy Gar Garoppolo, not to Jimmy be Garoppolo. Jimmy. Oh, JG to JG, Jimmy Garoppolo to Jeff Garcia. I, I see it. I see. So Y'all both Garoppolo. trash. <laughs> so Jimmy, damn, what did you do? So Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, you know, he's not good. And Mina Kimes called him out on it. And Jeff Garcia was like, who the hell is Mina Kimes? Who gives a F what she has to say? Blah, 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 blah. And basically goes off on this tirade about Mina Kimes attacking her as a journalist, attacking her as a woman, um, and hey, everything. Huh? If you ever find yourself on the internet bullying a woman that's probably half your age, let me tell you, fam. Probably should get off the internet. Just control all, delete, spear fingers up. And then get out of there. Like, this is when you're bullying women on the internet, you already lost, fam. Man, what he said, he said, Who the <clears throat> hell is Mina Kimes? What did Kimes say? More people know Mina Kimes than know Jeff Garcia. <laughs> <laughs> Mina Kimes' whole point about Jimmy Garoppolo was that Jimmy Garoppolo isn't the reason that the 49ers were winning. I don't understand why Jeff Garcia got mad at that. They literally made it to the NFC Championship game without scoring an offensive touchdown. They scored defense and they kicked the field goal and blocked the and block. They blocked the punt and kicked the field goal. Did not score an offensive touchdown. How are you upset that she's right? But anyway, Jeff Garcia responds and says, "Who the hell is Mina Kimes? When is the last time she ever threw a pass in a game? Never, ever." Has she taken a step or can truly understand the ability, the mindset, the physical and mental toughness that it takes to be a play quarterback position or any position in the NFL? The fact that there are so many people out there given a platform to talk about something that they have never done is hilarious to me. And that's how you have to look at her. She's a fucking joke. So let's just laugh at her and support Jimmy. Root on our Niners and to go out and beat the living fuck out of one more team. That's what it takes. She will never know that feeling. Can I get an amen? Peace. Uh, 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 number one, do not put Jesus in there. Jesus like, I, 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 now, now, I'll put my name in that. I ain't got nothing to do with that. Ladies and number gentlemen, one. right here. Here's the picture. You see the picture? That looks like a guy that says peace. Ends his, ends his tweets with peace to be cool. <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> Everything wrong. This, this is interneting at the lowest of levels. If you feel, your, if you feel yourself going down, this is, Let's move this away from Mina Kimes. Let's just stay right here on Jeff Garcia being a grown-ass man yelling at a woman on the internet. Bro. This is what I imagine rock bottom would be. <laughs> and I 
and I could only imagine that you probably don't have any friends who told you that, bro. You've embarrassed yourself. And let's clarify one thing here. Bill Belichick has never thrown a pass in the NFL, but I'm sure you won't tell him that he doesn't know anything about football. And then, and then you got embarrassed. And Mina Kimes, all she said was he posted the second lowest QBR in 15 years against the Packers when they beat the Packers. And then she killed him with a one, one sentence response when he went off. You know what her response was? Apparently, I was the only person last week to point out that Jimmy Garoppolo didn't play well. No, everybody did. That make you look even stupid because literally every other male uh, uh, person that covers football talks about how bad Jimmy G is. But you go after me at a time. And she's funnier than you and made you look stupid. with a joke. That is where I tell people all the time, do not play with funny people. Because you're going to get to yelling and then they're going to say one funny thing and you're going to be sitting there looking like, damn, I took this L. Looking like Jeff... Looking like Jeff yeah. Garcia. That's <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Garcia looking ass, boy. <laughs> but anyway, man, the NFL is burning down. The NFL is burning down. Oh, He's man. We have QBs on the move. Brady retired. Shout out to Brian Flores again. How am I re- bringing this back to Brian Flores? He shat on Brady retired. Brady retired. He dropped his bomb the next day in oh, crickets. Damn. Nobody cares that Brady has retired. They did a whole sports center everything. And now nobody's covering Brady at all. You know he, egomaniac Brady has to be pissed. No, Brady. Okay, first of all, let's reset. No, Brady. That's no. Number one, I'm a big Tom Brady fan. Thank you. Even even the twenty eight to three, and that burns my soul. I will, if I'm going to lose to anybody, let it be Tom Brady. Not any. Let, definitely not like somebody like Eli. Jesus. Um. But great career. <laughs> the GOAT as far as I'm concerned. Um, my, I know my brother listens to the podcast. I told you for 100 years that Tom was just better than Peyton. And I was right. That's what I specialize in doing. Uh, with that said, no, Tom Brady didn't want to make any of this about him. Yeah, he did. No, ain't no. Boy, you can buy some fish bait. <laughs> but what no, you won't no, do is no, we 42 minutes in. Yeah. We got to talk about college footballs. But I will say uh, that, Just that go, man. Saturday, that, that's a Saturday morning live. Saturday morning live. But go ahead. Uh, congratulations on a great career. Uh, I didn't think that he actually wanted to make this moment his. I didn't think that he even wanted to announce it to after the Super Bowl. Um, Tom is pretty good about respecting the game. And you have two young quarterbacks just stay for well you have one young quarterback and one quarterback who just ain't never been to the playoffs so i don't think he wanted to steal the moment from either one of those guys but somebody goosed him and released it from yeah and and released it no i i don't think i don't think think that Schefter. i think somebody told Schefter. Schefter is like oh well i'm a reporter my job is i have to do this yeah an oath as a journalist yeah and it's Tom Brady's retirement. Yeah, if I find out, I'm I want to break this one. Yeah, if, uh, I, if we were sitting in, if we had gone to Starbucks or something, or I went and Tom Brady's. Oh, let me tell y'all. Was there and said, "Yo, Tom Brady," I'd have been like, "Yo, splash cast right now." Tom Brady's retiring. Tom Brady, and he would have been pissed off. How did they find out? I don't care. It is. I would have. I would have been on this thing like a, a rapper with this. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I gotta let y'all know, Tom Brady, got this thing. Right yeah. now, Splash Cast exclusive and put it right out for the masses. 
So, I mean, you just, you're doing what you're supposed to. Well, there's somebody else in Tom's camp who told. Yep. That's, that's where it really is. That's unfortunate for Tom. But, uh, yeah. But uh, it's funny, Jalen Ramsey paid him, paid tribute to Tom Brady saying, hey, man, you threw your last touchdown to me. <laughs> no, on him. On, oh, on him. him. Oh, on yes. him. Oh, yeah, he threw it to Mike yeah. Evans. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Threw his last touchdown on him. So, you know, Jalen Ramsey and Tom Brady had a great um, relationship. They enjoyed playing against each other and talking shit to each other. So now that Tom Brady's out of there, arguably the baddest man in the league is Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, I said, for the most time, I mean, okay, Patrick Mahomes. But, I mean, Aaron Rodgers ain't ain't far behind. It's Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. That three little, that's the fight to be the top quarterback in the league right now until Deshaun Watson comes back. And even then, he's not, he's really at four or five or six. But Aaron Rodgers, I kept saying that he should go to Tennessee because they have everything and they they have Tannehill. Now Tennessee is out. You just go disregard me saying that Matt Ryan is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL right now. I didn't hear you. I didn't hear you. Oh yeah, you trying to Matt Ryan. Me. Matt Ryan. Yeah, you know, Matt Ryan. You know, fourteenth somewhere in there, mid. You know, he's just mid. That's a but stretch, but it's a Matt Ryan. I got, I got your back, dog. I mean, he got a bit, you know. But whatever. Uh, a Rod is out. Tennessee is out of the mix for Aaron Rodgers, allegedly. They're going to stick with Tannehill, Tannebaum. So, to me, if Jimmy G's out of there and the young boy that you spent three picks ain't ready yet, Aaron Rodgers is a California kid, Northern never California kid, never, Middle never. California kid. Kyle Shanahan is not going for that. Well, Shanahan's like control. You bring Aaron Rodgers into the mix, you're losing control. Kyle Shanahan likes to call all of his plays. Aaron Rodgers likes to call all of his plays. Uh, (laughs) Just never, nothing about this makes any sense. It's never going to happen. And they spent too many, they spent too much draft capital on Trey Lance to back out of that. Never going to happen. Now, I don't, I think that as I look around how everything has played out, there's a pretty good likelihood that Aaron Rodgers stays where he is, and he just continues to make green. Just that give green. I don't think he's going to leave if he doesn't go to. He's just going to continue to kick their ass every season. Do what he wants to. He said he's going to make the announcement on Pat McAfee, which probably lends itself to him staying in Green Bay because, I mean, we've all we all saw LeBron in the announcement that didn't go well. Aaron Rodgers is already a very unlikable guy. So if he was to pull something like that and go, I'm taking my talents to South Beach type of thing. There's ever really since, else for him to go to me. There's I mean, not many other comp. There's not many other teams that made it to the this far in the playoffs, unless he goes to Tampa Bay. Never going to stand in Tom's footsteps. I mean, but it's it's it's, uh, it's well built for him. Yeah, until you. Uh, no, no, because you still have to think like within that group, all of those guys are too funny for that. You know what type of jokes? You remember Tom Brady was giving him jokes last year, um, before the golf tournament, where it, when when he didn't know where he wanted to go. So you think that Tom wouldn't be on Twitter talking about, "Whoo, y'all didn't even let the seat get, y'all didn't even let the seat cool off for y'all got air down there." 
Oh no, he he's not gonna be ridiculed, and people Twitter would eat him alive. Uh, obviously, he doesn't care about Twitter. You he, he was talking about taking pesticides and whatever, but <laughs> ivermectin, <laughs> ivermectin. Yeah, the second man, time I've had that conversation today, boy, I live a wild life. It is. It is interesting. It is interesting to see what will happen. You're right. I'm thinking now he'll probably stay in Green Bay, man. Uh, he has quickly, all the control there. Might as well. Yeah, might as well. And you got all the money, all the control. And you pretty much own that state because there's not Denver, much Denver, 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 Denver. Don't forget, they got Derek. His old office coordinator is the head coach. He would have all, he would be able to do what he wanted to. Unless he's bringing Devontae Adams with him. And which he could, which isn't far fetched because you are then you would have Jerry Judy there. Uh, but I don't, I don't think Denver has enough, man. I don't, I, to, to, that would be a downgrade to me. Yeah, but it's freedom. It's like Tom, I'm sick of you guys. I'll go somewhere else and try it. Yeah. So, uh, with that being said, we're going to move on to college football. We got a couple things we want to talk about, man. Caleb Williams leaves Oklahoma. And goes we saw and that comment. Follows his coach to USC. Basically, I think it was just him trying to get as much of an NIL deal, the biggest NIL deal he could get before announcing it. And it worked because now he got an NIL deal with Beats by Dre out there in LA at USC uh, with the former coach. Uh, and I can't, I can't wait for him to make it to the Final Four and then get the Beats by Dre put on him by somebody in the SEC. Good luck and Godspeed, my Again, man. And then speaking of black coaches, man, apparently the the frustration doesn't stay just in the NFL, man. Josh Gaddis, who is one of the rising offensive coordinators in the nation. Um, he was at Alabama and he left Alabama and went to uh, Michigan. Was named offensive co- was named I think offensive coordinator of the year was named like offensive assistant of the year this year after Michigan made it to you know made it all the way to the uh, playoff and then they got stomped out but you know they made it to the playoff they won the Big Ten finally after beating Ohio State and then he leaves and goes to Miami and he left and then he sent a text message to all the players for the University of Michigan, because they were all shocked. And he said, unfortunately, the past few weeks has told a different story about me and the very little appreciation I have from the administration here at Michigan. In life, I would never advise anyone to be where they're not wanted. This is the offensive assistant of the year saying that he's not wanted at Michigan. Now, I know John Harbaugh, I mean, I'm sorry, Jim Harbaugh going in in and uh, interviewing with the Vikings didn't help. Whatever whatever was going on behind the scenes, him going to the Vikings didn't help. And I, it sounds like nobody had his back out there in Michigan, in Ann Arbor. So him going to Miami, Miami, Mario Cristobal is putting up a powerhouse out there in Miami. They have gotten pretty much all of the good coaches that they've wanted. He's cherry-picked as many coaches as he's wanted from Florida or that have ties to Florida. And he and Jim Harbaugh now has to replace his offensive coordinator and his defensive coordinator. Excuse me. Okay. University of Michigan, where is that located? Ann Arbor. What do you think 
the current temperature in Ann Arbor, Michigan is? Seven degrees. Close but no cigar. 24 degrees. <laughs> that feels Univ- like seven. <laughs> to me. Hey, yeah. <laughs> Where is the University of Miami located? Coral Gables, 65. <laughs> 72. <laughs> Breezy 72. Ooh, I'm not explaining. I'm not explaining anything to you. I'm gone, bam. Catch me when you. I'm out. No, no, I'm the deuces. Hey, catch me on the beach. Be up here losing <laughs> to Ohio State, freezing. Hey, I could be down there losing in the ACC on the beach. I'm gonna tell you. And and, my, and and football, college football, they are yearning to get back to where they used to be down there in Miami. And the I don't money care. is flowing the NIL don't, deals. Don't care if y'all don't even get there. But if I'ma lose, you can cry in that Honda or you can cry in that Maybach. <laughs> so, you know, if if I the money is flowing and they're getting a lot of recruits, they're trying to keep everybody home, uh, especially with NIL, NIL deals coming back. Uh well, coming back, being introduced. And the so Harvey weather machine. I want to focus on the Harvey weather machine in 72 degrees or 24 degrees. <laughs> it is what it is, man. So speaking of NIL deals, man, Jimbo Fisher, uh, coach of Texas A&M, big $100 million Jimbo Fisher, I, the most $100 million Aiden Forest coach ever mm. coming off. That ain't even a word. Hey, hey, hold on, hold on. Spell that. Hey, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Aiden Forest. A N Forest. E I G H E A N F O R E S T. Aiden Forest. <laughs> Is there any way you can like spell that? And eight and Forest. Aiden Forest coach ever. He is Aiden Foresty boy. Uh, Y'all should never let us find out graphics. Now it's gonna be every- <laughs> Hey man, y'all donate. We can get a better computer. It'll be graphics all everywhere. <laughs> the word of the day is eight and forest. Aiden Forrest, coach everywhere. He's gotten paid $100 million. He did win a national championship at Florida State. He was on Nick Saban. He's a Nick Saban disciple. He's the first assistant coach to beat Nick Saban. Uh, Ironically, the second was Kirby Smart with national championship. And uh, (laughs) uh, Jimbo did win a national championship with Florida State with uh, Jameis Winston and that squad. And then... He went to Texas A&M. He just left. Yes. He went to Texas A&M. Yeah. He threw a whole lot of money at him. He's been mediocre because he's in the SEC West. Oh, I mean, you know, let's clarify. Being in the SEC West don't make you mediocre. You're just not better than Bama, and you have to play them every year, which is just the unfortunate struggle of everybody else in the SEC once we get out of the East. Um, yeah, so, you know. The thing about Jimbo is, and is college football is done is known about recruiting, and whoever dominates recruiting pretty much dominates. Normally, will dominate, um, especially in today's current modern football, will dominate uh, football, college football. Alabama except, has done it for except, a while, a, a, except for one team that has the the number one recruiting mm-hmm. class in the country. No, no, Every no, no, no. Since currently, if you want wait, 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 Destiny's Child. No, 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 no. Kirby's been I there, said yes, Mark yes, Rick, yes. Mark Rick had an average recruiting class between third and fifth. Kirby Smart has had an average recruiting class of second or first. 
There is the average. Listen, there's a big difference between first and second in recruiting and fifth and sixth. If you don't believe me, look at everybody else who's fifth and sixth in recruiting and look who's at first and second, Alabama and Georgia. So Jimbo Fisher, uh, <laughs> NILs have been, have been introduced. Um, there has been accusations that there is an investment group with uh, Texas A&M of millionaires, billionaires, and of, of the sort, because, you know, they got that Texas money, that oil oh, money, that military money, that, all of that money. And they had a $30 million, allegedly, $30 million pot to get recruits to come for, with, for NIL deals, to get recruits to come to Texas A&M. Jimbo Fisher is furious, says that is BS. We are recruiting the best that we can. Uh, you are shortchanging. It's insulting to the kids. It's insulting to the university. It's insulting to the coaches. Blah, 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 blah. So here's this graphic, ladies and gentlemen. This graphic right here. <laughs> Jimbo Give me Fisher. some of the best Vanna Whites ever. <laughs> Jimbo Fisher. Here's his recruiting before NILs when he got to Texas Senate. 2018, zero five-star recruits. 2019, two five-star recruits. Oh, it's getting better. 2022, five-star recruits. Oh, it's getting better. 2021, one five-star recruits. NIL, name, image, and likeness deals introduced. Alleged $30 million pot to sign recruits. 2022, seven five-stars and the highest-rated recruiting class of all time. You went from 0221 to seven in the highest-rated recruiting class of all time. He says it's not the money. Who you fooling, fooling? Who you fooling? I went from ashy to classy. I'm going to leave that. I don't know why people just think that they can just piss everywhere and then think that we're going to believe it's rain. Do you th see, I just, this is the reason I really got into podcasts because I want to ask, do you think I'm dumb? Because one of us is stupid if you think that we don't think that as soon as you start paying people, and I live here in Houston, and I think that a lot of times people just think about Texas and think University of Texas. Bam. That's where all the money is. No, sir. Texas. Houston. <laughs> yes. Now, and UT got their thing in Austin, and Austin is theirs. But the city of Houston, just because there's so much engineering that comes out of Texas A&M, and this being an oil city, they're kind of interlocked. And College Station isn't far. So all of that kind of added up together, Texas is run by Houston. I mean, excuse me. Houston is run by the Texas A&M. And yeah, and and just start lying to us. We understand what it is. Everybody's a proponent of the NIL deals. You paid the players. You just admit that you did it, but stop lying to us and, and assuming that we're that we think that we're gonna believe that that bullshit you tell. I was trying to find another way to say it. it was just uh, I, I think he's he's also trying to protect his legacy, right? He's trying to say that Boy, you I'm a good coach Florida State. Free shoes university. Don't have well hey Jimbo. Hey Jimbo. Yes, but let's be real. It wasn't no integrity in Florida State. Not now, not ever. So well, all we expected out of you was for you to win football games. We didn't expect you for you to have a more high ground, big dog. So no, don't lie to me. You don't have no that's when people lie. You like, bro, you don't need to lie to me. I didn't ever expect I, the truth from you in the first place. No, nah, I'm gonna put it away. I'm gonna put the gun away. I won't take a quick scope at you, Florida fan. But uh, because that, that's a decent point. But I won't take a quick scope at you. But uh a decent point. <laughs> that was very well executed. That's what happens when you wanted to 
Top Nobody three podcasters to walk the earth and top three, not three. There's a Florida player that was supposed to be executed. But, you know, uh, with that being said, we come to the end of the football. Yeah, season. let's get out of here. <laughs> It's been, it's been, we are at a solid hour, but I told yeah, you we, we had we, a lot to talk about. We it killed was, this segment. Hey, man. And it's all good content. So we appreciate y'all. We are now going to move on to our NBA segment of episode 43 of the Splashcast, the Around the League edition. Got a few topics we're going to talk about, including the trade deadline and all-star game. Y'all stay tuned. I hope y'all enjoyed the football pod inside of the pod. <laughs> what? Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 43 of the Splashcast, the Around the League edition, as we get into our NBA news and notes around the league as well, where we talk about a lot of things, including uh, trade rumors going on, All-Star, as well as we have some news, WNBA news as well. Uh, Thank you for tuning in. Uh, If you're listening, you've just got past our hour-long pod within a pod NFL segment, but we had to talk about it, man. We're probably going to end up releasing uh the nfl segment or at least in this in two parts um just because it's probably going to be about two and a half hours long so uh, uh with that being said let's get it to these dudes dudes and notes man news and notes before we get to the trade deadline before we get to all-star game before we get to rudy gobert crying and all that stuff man one of the allies and i'm, I'm i can say it one of the allies and whatever the movement is for pre- player equality um just being a very good human greg popovich pop first coach in nba history to 1500 wins hopefully ready to have some like claps and applause and all of that anybody deserves it episodes in we have never had claps or applause and we're trying to amen listen there's going to be a there's a link that you can click on ladies and gentlemen to donate if you donate, you can we can get a beats machine and we can call donations, the podcast. Donations, 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 donations. Hey, you know, I'm a Dr. Umar GIF and, and <laughs> specialist. Boy, I, he is the greatest <laughs> thing on the internet right now. But um, shout out to Greg Popovich, man. He is 1,500 wins in, consummate professional, great coach, great developer of coaches. Has always been on the forefront of giving um, opportunities to those that historically don't get them. Becky Hammond, um, any black, you know, he has, he has multiple black coaches on his roster. He lets, he, nobody has a bad thing to say about pop, man. How you feel about him? You think I'm going to get up here and slander the man that everybody likes? Not a chance. Congratulations, <laughs> Pops. Thank you for being, for being a legitimate ally. Um, and just a great coach. Congratulations. <laughs> congratulations 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 before we get to let's run through everything else before we get to the uh uh free agency trade rumors uh because i feel like we could talk about the james Harden, broke back ben karis levert cj mccollum julius in julius all the time so um draymond green we talked about draymond uh signing on to be a an analyst with the tnt crew as well as the nba tv if i'm not mistaken uh i think or maybe it's just tnt um draymond 
when they asked him about who else they wanted to see, as, he wanted to see as an all star. He said, "Give it to Rudy because Rudy's the only one that be crying on TV." <laughs> it's so true though. Rudy cried. Rudy cried. Rudy cried. Man, Raymond is disrespectful. I see Draymond as being a uh, Charles Barkley replacement. I think he's gonna fill that role. I think they, I think they want to see him and Charles there together because. They're both unapologi- unapologetically themselves, and they're pretty candid in, in speaking about exactly how they feel about things. I like it, and I, I want to see – I don't want to see, like, one in, one out. I would like to see them on opposite ends. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Well, I mean, that's a – it'll be hard to introduce a fifth person onto that team. But Oh, no, 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 yeah. no, no. I, I do assume that – I mean, all of those guys are getting older, so, like – not on a nightly basis, but instead of like just your four fixture guys, there's Shaq, Kenny, and Chuck. Kind of see what yeah, works and do doesn't that work. Now, except for it's not Chuck. It's normally Shaq, Candace Parker, Draymond, and Dwayne Wade. Or I forgot the white guy's name. Um, okay. White Can, moment of transparency. I don't really like Dwayne Wade as a commentator. He doesn't ever really have anything super value. He's just vanilla as hell to me. I agree. Um, I think he's up there for fashion. Like, he just dresses these. Yeah, I agree. Get out of there. <laughs> I'm, I'm gone. Can't, um, and shall not return. <laughs> speaking of gone and shall not return, Jerry West had his season tickets revoked by the Lakers. Jerry West is the logo. Jerry West, I wouldn't say he's the first person to put the Lakers on the map because he wasn't. But he's the logo. He's he's was instrumental in building the Lakers of the 2000s as a GM and uh, as a consultant. He also built the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, this is ultimately petty to me, but it is what it is. He's not he's not with the organization anymore. Yeah, no. Okay, <laughs> let me tell you why this is stupid. He's the logo. So even if you pretended his tickets because he's no longer with the Lakers, he is still on your jersey. <laughs> Forever. Man. Until I, they decide to change it. That is the reason that I could never be put in these positions. Because I go in there. Happy Black History Month. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, you play with me on my shit. Oh, we let. I'm gonna turn to Charles Oakley real quick. <laughs> so uh, J- Jerry West is not happy, and he called the the Bus family out about it. So uh, that is wild, crazy. But just another ongoing saga that is the Lakers. The Lakers have will always be the um, daytime soap opera. Of the NBA, uh, especially Looks like it. <laughs> um, in other news, to a team that is on the rise, both on the court and off the court, um, the Cleveland Cavaliers si- uh, promoted Shelly. Uh, please, is it Cayette? Go with that, Cayette. <laughs> Shelly Cayette as the team's uh, new COO, if I'm not mistaken. Is that yes, correct? Correct. Correct. Chief Operating Officer. 
Yep, she is the she is the new COO. She's the first black woman to hold this role with any NBA team, and hopefully not the last. This is went into effect as of January twenty fifth. Uh, she will oversee corporate and ticket sales, revenue strategy, revenue and strategy, corporate partnerships, as well as youth sports programs and membership sales and services, including premium group and individual platforms. She will basically she is to make the money for the for the entire organization um she is part of the tickets group uh and she will be part of building the brands of the g league as well as the Cavs legion gc the 2k team and the cleveland monsters yep Woo! that's a lot of responsibility man, man. If there's anybody that is there's not been many times that they put a black woman in a leadership role that has not been qualified. So yeah. if anybody can do it, man, shout out to her, man. How you feel? About yeah, that? you don't really get there on, on my bad. Got lucky. <laughs> nah, nah. Uh-uh. Ooh, she from St. James, Louisiana. <laughs> she was marketing coordinator for Harris Casino in New Orleans. That's where she got her start. Uh, well, she can she play clearly... basketball at Tulane. And she played basketball at Tulane, and that's how where she went to school. So shout out to Shelly, uh, man. Yeah. Making moves, making moves, making moves. Speaking of um, uh, women, the WNBA, Nike is investing in the WNBA to become an equity investor and an investor group with other uh, major investors, including Dell Technologies, Condoleezza Rice, and Laureen Jobs, the widow of Steve Jobs, uh, to give $75 million to the WNBA in order to... Oh, man. Don't you hate it when you click the wrong thing? Sorry about that, ladies and gentlemen. My internet cut out on me. But um, what I was saying was, how do you feel about uh, Nike joining that investment group and donating $75 million to the WNBA, especially with what they're saying, the investment is to grow the brand and improve uh, conditions for the WNBA players, and especially pertaining to their pay. I think it's a great investment because, I mean, it's kind of reinvesting in yourself for the most part, you know, a lot, you know, when like Nike has done a great job as specifically with women's basketball, they have quite a few different athletes. I think that them growing, they, like growing the, the brand of the WNBA itself is going to help grow the brand of those women who are on their brand, which is just exponentially going to make you the money back. I do think I'm surprised that it kind of took this long. I mean, the WNBA has struggled and it's, it's better now than it has been ever before. I, I'm wondering what took Nike so much, you know, I mean, let's be very honest. Mikey, Nike makes money hand over fist. This is something that you would assume should have been done a long time ago, but I guess better late than never. Uh, you know, when I sigh, I'm about to, I'm about to straddle the line of what I'm about to say. Go ahead. Trying to figure out a nice way to say it. Realest podcast in the world. Uh, We're not here to apologize. Just say what's on your head. You said why it took them so long. The WNBA, the popularity in the league, for the most part, has not been there. So the WNBA, in terms of the NBA and ownership, from an ownership look at money and, and income versus outcome, they operate in the red. Even with all of the money that they, all the corners that they cut, right? 
making them fly. Got a circle over there. <laughs> All the corners that they cut, they still operate in the red. So I, I'm not saying I understand why it took so long because in any business, you're going to pretty much operate at zero or in the red until you have your big break. Um, but now it's to the point where they don't, they have, they, they have to, the brand has grown to the point. Now it's like, okay, if we invest in this. We feel comfortable that we can make our money back at the end of the day, whether you talk about month, whether you're talking about WNBA, you talk about minority coaches, you talk about whatever, whatever, whatever to help the disenfranchised or the, the oppressed, the money always has to be there for the majority to help the minority. So I think the money is starting to be there. So now they feel comfortable investing 75 million. And they, I mean, think about it. I mean, even look at the investment. Nike invested 75 million together with Dell Technologies and Condoleezza Rice and all this. Nike paid X amount billion dollars last year. And they, you know, they could have donated now, 75 million and been good. Let's be real. The LeBron wing of Nike is bigger than 75 million. That's yes. one human. But with that said, I mean, I'm excited for it. I will say that the WNBA has done one of the best rebrands in in history. Just going from where they started to where they are now, you know, they're still not making a ton of money, but just the optics of the league and everything is way if, – if you look at – where the WNBA came from to where they are to looking at NFL and where they started to where they are is you can see, see them crossing paths. Of course, the NFL just makes a ton more money, but doing a lot with a little, the WNBA is the NBA is doing, doing a very little with a lot is what the NFL is doing. Yeah, I think I think the NFL, I mean NBA and WNBA for sure has figured out that we don't need to make the WNBA compete with the NBA in terms of or whatever. They're competing with paying their and I'm talking about not notoriety, I'm talking about paying their players. They're competing with Europe. Right? Yes. Europe pays their player 250,000, 200,000, right? The highest paid WNBA player was 221,000. That was Liz Cambage, right? Um, the average WNBA salary is $121,000 versus in the NBA. I think, I think LeBron made 40 or, or James Harden made, no, not James Harden. Um, who made $40 million? Was it LeBron? might've been LeBron. Yeah. Highest paid player in the NBA. His salary is pretty much all of the WNBA salaries combined. Like, and, and I also, I do like to see, and I, I see a lot of it where the NBA players really go out and support the WNBA players you know, just in general, but then also a lot of them specifically in the, in their town. Like you'll see a lot of the NBA NBA guys go to the WNBA game, and it's so Phoenix small Suns things. A lot. Yeah, like that. That's one of those things where we always talk. Like we talked about earlier about allies, and it's not always like a black white thing. And this time, like this is a man woman thing, and it's just something as simple as being there and being seen there which is going to, you know, just make it more notoriable, you know, make it so people can see it. It don't say it's, it's not tough to go to a WNBA game. Those guys go and they know the girls and, you know, they see each other and the girls go to all-star games, you know, they, they go to the summer league games. And it's, I mean, if you've ever played like basketball in your life, you know what it's like when you got the JV boys team, JV girls team, varsity girls team, varsity boys team. Y'all just kind of intermingle. It's the same similar thing going on here. I like it. Yep. 
I do too, man. And um, pay them girls, are, man. Damn, they good they now. Are, they are making strides uh, in terms of paying payment. As I said, they went from the average salary like three years ago was seventy thousand. Now it's one hundred and twenty. The highest paid player was one twenty five. Now it's two two point two. Uh, two hundred twenty-five thousand, and, and I'm gonna go work. ahead and say I'm gonna go ahead and say this, and y'all can be mad. I don't care. The WNBA is fine now, boy. It was they <laughs> fine. Oh, you talking about the women? Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> hey, I'm a single man. I can say. No, I, I ain't nothing to say. I ain't talking about that. I'm just talking about you, right? They they did a come up too, because it was. Oh, did they, they, they? The WNBA 10 year challenge is crazy. They had a lot of. <laughs> but I mean, at the same time, if you look at the NBA 10 years ago, they just showed the picture of the dude that say Bonaventure with the shorts. It's like 6X. I don't know what we were doing at, at that point in our lives where you had to pay. I, I was like, like, how can he dribble the ball? And he got his jersey retired. It was beautiful. It was a lot. That jersey. Put that right here. Put that right here. <laughs> it's a curtain. But um, <laughs> unfortunately, you know, oh, fortunately, the WNBA with great, with more money comes more responsibility. They just paid Becky Hammond to come there, and she made a million dollars. She's she got a million dollar salary, making her the highest paid coach. And Liz Cambage. Did not like that at all. She tweeted out as soon as Becky Hammond was hired. Ah, yes, the WNBA, where the coach makes four times more than the players. And I thought about it. Of the American sports, the major American sports, that doesn't happen in any sport. Doesn't happen. You're the entertainment. I mean, and I don't know about soccer, or cricket, or anything like that. No, but they're sports. still they're the entertainment. You didn't. Mm -hmm. Nobody is like, hey, I want to go watch Becky Hammond coach on the sideline. And that that's kind of the same situation we had earlier with Matt McDaniel, where it's nuanced, where you go into something and you're like, hey, this is a problem. And then this happens, and this is kind of a problem too. But, I mean, you will want women to kind of stand together. But I, I can definitely understand Liz Cambage's issue and specifically as a person who she is the draw. Like, people are going to see Liz Cambage. And that was going to be my point. And she could go LeBron. anywhere else and make money, too. Like, she was in Australia for years. That was my point about LeBron, though. Like, or don't even play. Like, she's at a point now where, like, Liz Cambage is a, is a superstar. She's a brand. She's a brand. Yes. Yes. But my point was, like, that's the whole thing of LeBron saying i'm the i'm the attraction right they're coming to see me you making money off me so therefore i'm going to make my demands you're going to do what i say now his execution is flawed but the mindset that he has i do <laughs> the mindset he has God, boy he chopped lebron off at the knees <laughs> um, Patting the Davis quick scope there. <laughs> so, um, but Liz Cambage is right, man. I'm the draw. Candace Parker was like, yo, I'm the draw. You know, y'all should pay us more than paying anybody else. Like this, they pay them like, they treat them like they're still in college. Like Gino Ariyama in college is the draw. Pat Summit in college was the draw. 
Well, college is college is the draw, right? College but is that's so not how it's supposed to be in WNBA. I'm the draw. I'm the player. I'm the best of the best. What are you about to say? College is so different because the coach ain't the draw, but the coach is the fixture. Everybody else is like this revolving door of players. You're gonna get. You're gonna be here one, two, three, maybe four years at the max. So I mean, you could have said the same thing about like Florida and Spurrier. Like, yeah, I mean. Rest of you guys are gonna leave here, but he's gonna be the fixture. And I mean, look at Saban now. You know, cool enough. Whoever you guys are, you're gonna be the best football player ever at Alabama until there's another best football player ever. So is it's tricky. College is so different, but in the pros, I mean, that's the reason that that the coaches have to get along the players because they make so much less than the players. Once you get to the pros. I'm a man. You're a man. You're a woman. I'm a woman. It's it, that's the situation. They can't. They pay all the money to see me. It's just that the money is so funny in in women's sports. And Becky Hammond is, is and I get it for her. She's like, yeah, pay me a million dollars. I gotta stay here. And if I really, really force the issue, one of these folks gonna give me a job. <laughs> Very true. Oh man. Um. So moving on to, oh, well, we did it, ladies and gentlemen. We have come to the end of our NBA segment of episode 43 of the Splashcast, the Around the League edition. Uh, we are going to now get into our splashes of the week and wrap up episode 43. Happy Black History Month. Okay, so let me say, Reggie, um, we didn't talk about Clippers Blazers trade, Karis Oh, my God. Never mind. We're back. <laughs> Not switching it out. Uh, we're Welcome back. back. <laughs> Guess who's back? <laughs> back so, again. <laughs> I'm tired, y'all. It's 11-14. Um, trade deadline chaos. Before we get to the splashes of the week, trade deadline chaos, y'all. Um, the Clippers Blazers made a trade that just kind of was like the kickoff. Eric Bledsoe, Justice Winslow, Keon Johnson, two future second-round picks for Norman Powell and Robert Covington. Um, the, I guess because the Clippers feel like they could possibly make the um, playoffs, they're going for it. I, so, Eric Bledsoe, negligible. Justice Winslow, negligible. I do like Keon Johnson. He's To me, he was a decent piece. Uh, second round pick. Seconds, I don't have just they're to me they're they're the the four the four of hearts and spades nobody cares about a second round pick if you if you amount to something great probably won't um so it's really yeah Keon Johnson for Covington and Norm Powell and their contracts I do think that if 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 you can get Paul George and Kawhi back then yeah then you got two guys who are, are much more ready to play but I, I, nothing about this, considering we just heard last week that Tyron Lue thinks that Kawhi is done for the season, and Paul George has a bad elbow on his shooting arm. I can't imagine that this amounts to anything of any value, but this is also the team a couple of years ago, before they had PG and Kawhi, they still went out there, and didn't they go to the playoffs or the play-in or something and play tough? So I, I, could, I could see them and with Ty Lue as the coach, you know, making it interesting, but at the end of the day, they, they to me kind of like 
And once again, I know, I know the Knicks fans going to be mad, but kind of like the Knicks, where you're a team that's not really good on paper, but you guys can kind of figure out a way to, to play and make it difficult for somebody. Speaking of the Knicks, I guess we're going to jump right on down to they look like they are about to – I don't know what they're about to do. The Knicks, for those – Yes, you do. <laughs> you know exactly what they're going to do. Ju- Julius just got aggressive – with a reporter, then he got aggressive with an assistant coach. Julius is, is finna find his way on out of there. Yeah. So um, Julius, for y'all, oh yeah, go ahead, but, please. Well, Julius, go. so for the for y'all that don't know, Julius has been in hot water with New York. You know, the fans don't play in New York. He gave him the thumbs down after they booed him. Um. And that was supposed to be the middle. That was supposed to be the middle finger for all intents and purposes. He made Basically, it very clear. Yeah. It. It's, so thumbs down is, yeah, the middle finger. So he's having a rough season. Every all of his percentages are down. Um, our, and it doesn't help that R.J. Barrett is actually flourishing. Um, the Knicks, as Norwood said, is they're not a good team. Why are we bringing that up in free agency and trade rumors? Because they are linked to CJ McCollum and Julius might be out of there. And he has a very workable contract, four years, $117 million. It's not a crazy contract, especially after one year is already gone. So um, it looks like the Knicks are in disarray. And, you know, they traded for Cam Reddish. And apparently the front office did it, but Thibodeau didn't want to. Uh, Which for me just means that they are not on the same page. If you're willing to trade, and I get it. I can understand both sides of this. Well, no, I don't. I think that uh, I, I am not high on Tibbs at all. I think that Tibbs is is a mediocre, yes, I think that Tibbs is a mediocre coach at best. I understand ownership because they're like, hey, you don't even play Kevin Knox. We'll trade that second and Kevin Knox. And yeah, we'll get Cam Reddish back because if you've ever seen Cam Reddish play, he has so much potential that it's a it's difficult. I mean, Harry. I mean, I'll tell you, like I say every week, Cam Reddish is the starting two guard on my two K team for a reason. All all of if you take out personality and all of those things and just on the court, if you could get him to do what he does well, he is going to be a damn good basketball player, and Atlanta will regret trading. But sending him where now, and this is another thing. This is gonna go back to the to the first part. I know y'all, you know, everybody don't love to hear the Atlanta talk, but you're gonna hear it. Travis Link is a genius. He said he sent him to New York, knowing that there is no way I can look stupid here. Tibbs ain't gonna play him. Nope. Pass the blame. Pass the man to the left hand side. Take that blame, brother. You know how smart that is to make sure that, hey, I'm going to send him to a place. And I'm sure he already knew that Tibbs didn't want him there. Tibbs, you you know Tibbs not adding nobody to the rotation. You can divide this team, and it will have to be another team that takes a chance on Cam Reddish before you can look stupid. Y'all think we finna trade John Collins? Y'all, y'all all that dope, boy. Travis Slink ain't playing with y'all. Yeah. Uh, you know how sometimes you just gotta talk through things to understand it? Chess moves there. 
CJ McCollum has also been linked to the New Orleans Pelicans and the Atlanta Hawks, along with. Oh, what? He's never, never, never going to the. Pe- oh. What do the Pelicans have to give? Brandon Ingram. Not doing that. Would you trade? You trade Brandon Ingram for CJ McCollum? Oh, if I'm the Pelicans, no. Um, but it depends it, now, on what else they were to get. What What do What does do the Blazers have to give other than Dame Lillard? Did you want Robert Covington? But <laughs> stop. That ain't getting you brand new. No, anyway. Eric Bledsoe, Justice Winslow, and Keon Johnson. I don't know, man. I'm just entertaining. Uh, yeah, but what, but what I'm saying is CJ McCollum is going to be difficult to move, especially, I mean, he was linked to Atlanta, and, and I don't know what we would give up. I mean. Bogey? I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess, but. That's not what we need, though. We need defense. Yes, he doesn't. He doesn't. That doesn't do us. That it doesn't make anything better for us. So yeah. for me, no, I don't. I don't see the. I don't see there being a super big market for CJ McCollum, considering he had a collapse long like two weeks ago. Um, that ain't something. Not no. I'm not taking. The Lakers have to give. How are you going? First of all, you have nobody to trade for CJ McCollum, and last thing you can do is. You already got these all these old ass players. Now you got the one dude with one lung. Hell no. We need you to have two lungs, two feet, two hands, and two eyes and be able to play two positions because Russ is out there playing too stupid. Ain't no way. <laughs> Bars. In uh, other news, now there was one good move that the Cavs made, man. And the Cavs, I think, what are they now? They're in fifth place, fifth or fourth place in the East. They traded for Karis LeVert. Karis LeVert from the Pacers. He's been pretty good. 27-year-old guard. The one thing that the Cavs are missing um, with uh, what is it? Sutton? What's the name? Uh, Sexton. 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 Out. Oh, yeah. Sexland. God, that was so bad by the marketing team. Colin Sexton is out. Uh, but Darius Garland is playing well. And then the 3-7 footers that they're playing is working. So they really just had one hole at the two. At the uh two position, and they went and got Karis Levert, who's probably what a, I would say a top ten shoot guard. I don't know if he's that good, but for what for what you spent to get him, absolutely. You it was a giveaway. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. You gave away Ricky Rubio, who's done for the season. On you traded contract in yes. And no, no, and listen to the picks. Next year, second. Would you? I just told you how I feel about a second round pick. And the other second isn't until 2027. Fleeced. I would have I so would have took Karis Levert for that. Dog, if you want a Gorgie Jang in two seconds, you could have got Gorgie Jang, that conditional first that we got from Charlotte that may, may convey one day in, a, in, a, in our 2020 set. And just, I would just rather have him on our team than let anybody else have him. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather do, I'd rather do not play him every game and just be like, well, nope. Well, the Cavs don't got him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it, man. Now that so, was so, that was do you think that, that does that change who's favorite in the East? I mean, the Nets are still they're in disarray. Boy. You got Embiid Elijah on there and you got Giannis, but I mean Cleveland's right there. Okay. Um the Knicks gonna fuck around tonight. And Tim's going to get fired today. They were up on the Jazz by like 10, like 
maybe 10 minutes ago. Now they're losing by five. Uh, I I don't know. I don't know if that. (laughs) I don't know if this, I don't know what this does for Cleveland. I got to see it. Um, I mean, it's a good deal. No matter what is a good deal. I think, I think this, I think this puts them at the fourth seed. I think the bulls will, well, I don't know the fifth seed. Yeah, nah, this doesn't change. Now I think about it. You got the Heat, the Bulls, the Nets, and beat Elijah Wands, and the Nets uh, got on an eight-game losing streak. Boy, the way that they might. <laughs> the Heat, well, if Kevin Durant comes back, then you never know. I, I put more value in Kevin Durant than that. So the Heat, the Bulls, the Nets, the Bucks, and they got they can't lose every game until he comes back, though. Like you just can't. <laughs> they are. Eight games into a losing streak. No, we just, just think about we just had a seven game winning streak, and that felt like a that felt like three months. If you lose, and that felt like eight game losing streak, and they fall into seventh place. Yeah, I mean, now we just got to lose games. Oh, the Raptors are in sixth place. Yes, and the Raptors won again tonight versus the Hornets by 15. And if you look at the Raptors. Now, they look like they're on the the collision course for Tibbs' zone, too. Their bitch scored 13 points tonight. They had 115 points. They they started playing like 40 minutes apiece. Now, I don't... You got to kind of pay attention to certain some of these things because they just don't look sustainable. And I am happy that we had that very difficult playoff run last year where we were never at home. So I feel like if some of these teams run out of gas at the end of the season, I do think that we are – I think we are – we'll be excited for the playoffs. And we'll be able to turn it on because we like – but we got to have some defense. But if – also, uh, just go back and listen to the first podcast, the Atlanta edition. We're not going to take up 10 more hours telling you about why Atlanta should be competitive. Um, but, yeah, Karis Avert, it's interesting. It's a good move. Um, and we'll see how it plays out. I don't, I don't know if they can hold off Philly. No, they're not passing Philly. Now they have Philly got to catch them. You're right, but okay. I think the Philly is. I think the Philly ends up above them. I think that. I will say Cleveland matches up with literally everybody in the East right now, except for maybe guarding Kevin Durant. But, I mean, they have a lot of pieces. Jared Allen is playing out of his mind. He's upset because he's not an all-star. Oh, he is. Yeah, 20-20 game immediately the night after. I still think that we're a better team than that. I don't. But we lose them a lot. We do lose them. we're a better team than uh, Not this year. Not with our defense. Not with Clint. But we're not, again. Uh, And finally, and more NBA rumors. (laughs) Speaking of the Abid Elijah ones. You got Brokeback Ben still messing up uh, the 76ers plans, the Nets, uh, Kyrie. I mean, you literally have, like, the Abbott and Costello of fuck-ups. You got Kyrie, who just fucked up the Brooklyn Nets. Then you have Ben Simmons, who just fucked up the 76ers. They literally – and they're talking about uh, trading James Harden for Ben Simmons – and sending Ben, which would be that would be a trade that I pretty much I think everybody will win that trade. Uh, James Harden going to the 76ers. He's hired an agent because he's disgruntled with the Nets because 
he either is saying you need to trade me, release me, or resign me. But you can't just keep holding me in limbo. And Philly is ready to pounce. Daryl Morey is like, hey, let's go. Called, called Brooklyn like, yo, we got a package for you. We got Ben Simmons, Tobias. I don't even think they would include Tobias Harris in this. They have to because of James Harden's contract because they got to re-sign James Harden. But basically, it'd be a three-team trade, and they're ready to do it. And New <laughs> Brooklyn said, nah, I'm good. Let me tell you, first of all, when you get a chance, hop on the Twitter and just search New York Knicks. Boy. <laughs> and I dare they ask. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, Lord Jesus. In the morning and late at night, boy, I sent thought T's and P's to the New York Knicks. And to y'all mentions, boy, they'll tear y'all up. Boy, they'll trade everybody. And the bad part is, Mr. Robinson got 17 points on so 7 to 10 shooting and 21 rebounds. And they are, boy, they, New York Knicks? Yes, it is right. ugly. But go ahead. And go ahead, shout out to Cam that. Reddish. Cam Reddish had fi uh, 15 minutes, 6 points on 1 of 4 shooting. Woo! Uh, with that said... I mean, I understand why James wants out, and Philly is over there with Daryl Morey, who is his boy, and he can get away from Flat Earth Kyrie. I think Kyrie is really chapping his ass, to be completely honest. I think that he he's right at the end of his, his time. He's like, hey, Kevin. And he knows that at the end of the day, Kevin's alliance lies with Kyrie and not him. And I know that... You came here for, like thinking we're gonna do this, and then you just let your boy like run wild, run crazy, run rough shot. Yeah, you, and you he missed Chris Paul right now. Yeah, I'm <laughs> one day we got to talk about how we thought careers, Chris Paul's career was over, and we were all wrong. I mean, yeah, he's had like three careers in one, like a true. And I, I ain't gonna stay here long. This is definitely a Saturday morning, but. Hey, we thought he went to OKC, and it was over. Damn, Chris Paul. That's how you going out. Yep. And then that boy said, no, nah, I got, got this big joke over here. Get over here with old book. <laughs> Go over here with book. But, yeah, so that situation is bad, and it looks like it's going to get – it's so – like, New York is in turmoil right now. Knicks and Nets yeah. looking real bad out here. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. – and, I don't wish either one of y'all any wins. <laughs> well, I mean, let's move on to something that doesn't have to do with the Knicks at all. And let's talk about the All-Star. Uh, God, that was mean. That was unnecessary. But it's true. Even we got an All-Star. <laughs> uh, the All-Star reserves were announced. You got Giannis. Uh, you got, man, come on. You got Giannis, you got Steph Curry, DeMar DeRozan, Embiid Olajuwon, Jokic, John Morant. Oh, no, those are all the starters. I'm sorry. You have Devin Booker. <laughs> not starting over Wiggins. Jimmy Butler, Luka Doncic, Darius Garland, Rudy Gobert, Draymond Green. How did Draymond Green become an all-star reserve? Draymond Green played on the best team in the NBA, and the only other guy who really matters is him and Steph, and he's a facilitator for Steph. Y'all gonna have, hey, y'all gonna fall off, my boy Dray Draymond, man. 
He just he just does it. he does all of the stuff that nobody else wants to do. And, and those guys all star this year. Yes, I did, but I don't, okay. James Harden. He sets, Zach he sets every screen for Steph. He throw he passes the ball. Just but look at our team. You know we got plenty of people who don't want to do the shit that they need to do. So Jason, Donovan Mitchell, Chris Paul, Jason Tatum, Carl Anthony Towns, and Fred Van Fleet. So you know the All Star game is picked by. <laughs> is picked. You look like I was just rained on your parade about Draymond. Is picked by uh, Team LeBron and Team Durant. So uh, they'll be picking teams on Thursday at six thirty. But uh, do you think they're? I think we went over the snubs already, right? No, we didn't yes. go over snubs. Do you think anybody is snubbed in terms of not making the team at all? We already talked about Jared Allen. No, nah, um, I mean, my thing is, who would you take off? I know who you would take off. Who? Andrew Wiggins. I mean, out of the West, yes. I mean, Jared, but once, Allen, should, Jared Allen should be starting. I don't know if it's West versus – is it West but, East or is it just players? No, no, it's, it's, but Wiggins falls. He's – because they moved Luka to a guard is really the issue. So I think that – I think that they're – take anybody out? Because no, I, think, and, I think Jared and Allen then, should be in there. Jared Allen should be there. He wasn't even the first. Well, I get he would have been the, probably the next front court addition. Lamelo, um, Lamelo, and no, no, and Dejounte Murray will both be in the game because Draymond's not going to play out of the West, and KD's not going to play out of the East. Even so though that doesn't is, really make a ton of sense because Lamelo is a point and KD is a. I don't think it has to do it because the East don't have no big men outside of Joel Embiid and Giannis. That's it. Yeah, but no, no, but they either as long as you're either you're either a guard or front court, which I think that they're gonna eventually, because of the way that the game is played now, I think it's in everybody's best interest to just pick your top fifteen guys versus oh, front court. So isn't Draymond Green front court? Yes. Rudy Gobert's front court. Correct. Nikolai Jokic's front court. Correct. Wiggins also Towns front court. Front court. Yes. Wiggins Wiggins also front court. Yes. So on on the east, you got Chris Middleton is front court. Yes. Jason Tatum is front court. Yes. What is Jimmy? Jimmy's a two or a three? Three. Jimmy Butler's front court. Giannis is front court. Joel Embiid is front court. I think they I, because you have so many of these guys who, like, let's be real. Luca Luca is is something. And I mean, at first, Luca was in the yeah, front it's court. Tight, Jared. It's tight. I was, I was trying to think about Jared Allen. It, it, it might be tight, Jared. Like, it's, yeah, it's tight. Yeah. Ain't nothing you can do, brother. But what you can do is be thankful that you're not incorporated with Nick's Twitter. <laughs> that man said, I ain't seen it. nobody get, get stomped out like this since Lil John used to play in the club. Motherfucker said, hey, we'll trade Julius Randle to China for China J.R. Smith. <laughs> boy, New York, boy, this boy, this ruthless Ooh. records out there, boy. <laughs> God. This is. They are upset. But anyway, um, 
I think that's it. I can we go to splashes of the week that I miss? Yeah, anything? yeah. No, 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 no. You didn't miss anything for the second time, Reggie. You didn't miss the entire page of all the basketball that we just. Knocked <laughs> With that being said, ladies and gentlemen, we've come to the end of the NBA segment of news around the league of episode forty-three of the Splash Cast. Uh, happy Black History Month. We're watching everything burn down. Um, including Nick's Twitter, apparently. With that, no, he watched <laughs> Alex Berg's career burn down. He went two or ten. <laughs> if I have to watch Alec Berg's play for this team after the deadline, the crime rate is going to go up in New York. That is something that I would flag, and that is hilarious and disturbing because I believe it all. I believe it all. But we are now going to move on to our splashes of the week where we finish episode 43 and, and – uh, Close it on out. Y'all stay tuned. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to our <laughs> to our final segment of episode 43 of the Splash Cast, the Around the League edition. Happy Black History Month, um, where we are going to talk about a splashes of the week. Got a few topics we're going to talk about here. Um, hold, on, hold on, last segment and possibly the last game for Tom Thibodeau. Great job, my friend. You are killing it. And this is a salute from the Splash Cast. <laughs> That's why I was laughing because... Nick's Twitter. Just Google New York Knicks or in or search New York Knicks on Twitter whenever you get a chance. As long as they keep losing, just search it. It's one of the most entertaining places to be of all time. They call Tom Thibodeau a war criminal. <laughs> That's funny to me. But anyway, splashes of the week. We got a few things we're going to talk about. First off, first off, first off. We have some history being made in the evil empire is actually doing it in Major League Baseball. Um, the New York Yankees tabbed the first female manager in league history, Rachel Balkovec, as she will be the dugout boss for their affiliated team, <laughs> Ooh, the Tampa Tarpons. What is a tarpon? Because I misread that. Yeah, uh, um, <laughs> I'm not gonna say what I misread it as. No, we, 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 <laughs> hey man, last thing we need to do, and they are a fish uh, of the genus Megalops, and their families of the Megalopes species. Of the what? Of the genus what? <laughs> yes. Uh, I had to get out of there fast and very fast before life you. Life science. This is the life science brought to you by the Splashcast. Yes. Um, <laughs> but. She's a 34-year-old um, manager now who will be managing the Tarpons. Uh, uh, she was the hitting coach in the Yankees' rookie level. Um, she was named to the coaching staff for the 2021 All-Star Futures game at Coors Field. Uh, in the past, she has been passed up for, for multiple jobs in the minor leagues that prompted her to actually change her resume, change her name from Rachel to Ray, and, and remove softball when talking about her playing days at New Mexico where she played from 2006 to 2009 before she changed it back and said, if you're not willing to hire me because I'm a woman, then that's your problem. Um, she persevered and the evil empire pulled the trigger and she is now the first female 
manager of any major league team or affiliate? I mean, number one, I'm happy for her. I want to be happy for her. Mm -hmm. I'm glad that, you know, they're giving people opportunities to do things they should be able to do. But we've all had to deal with that on some level or of another where you have to make some type of change to or or do something so that you can get your foot in the door so you can even get an interview so that they don't disqualify you from day one. You know, specifically with us and, you know, people's names and things and abbreviating things just so you can get into the door. It's a shame that you have to do that. But going by your middle name, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. Yep. I mean, as a minority, it's something that we all identify. I'm glad that she's been able to rise above it. And congratulations. I'm glad she stuck with it. I'm glad she yes. stuck with it and didn't and didn't compromise herself by changing her resume. And and take this opportunity and run with it. Never give them an opportunity to look back on it. Yep. 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 So shout out to Rachel. Uh peace, blessings, and prosperity to you and your endeavors with the Tampa Bay Tarpons. Ah, moving on. Um, the NHL. So Vegas isn't really friendly to in-season athletes, meaning the athlete yeah. that visits Vegas <laughs> during the season. in-season, out of season, we season saw. No matter what, you know what happens with the Raiders. Uh, we did not report on it, but Alva Kamara went out there and beat somebody up, uh, um, and now. <laughs> yeah, he put them hands on him. And now on uh Pete DeBoer, who is was coaching the NHL All-Star game in Vegas that happened this past weekend, admitted after the game or during the game, he said, I'll be honest. I'm a little hungover when they asked him what it was like coaching the All-Star game in Vegas. He said, he basically said, I'm drunk. <laughs> so let let's let's have a moment of transparency here for all parties involved. Oh yeah. Maybe maybe, yeah. maybe all of us have been to work and been a little hungover at one point in our life. But the difference between us and old Pete and most other people is we can you can you may look hungover, what you cannot do is admit that you are hungover. That is a luxury that is not afforded to all of us, and it must be nice. I don't know. I think it said Reggie has some on his face. Uh, <laughs> see, and then he gonna double down and do it. <laughs> oh no! I need y'all to be very clear with the context uh, clues that I'm laying down. I know that's mm -hmm. kind of a. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Red button, abort, abort, abort. I mean. But, I mean, it's not true. surprised it's, here. It's NHL, which they're very, and he's a white man. So you know he was going to get away with it. I mean, it is what it is. Um, I'll be back next year. He'll be back next year. I At least they have fun. They allow you to have fun. They, uh, and and, and I'm going to say this to any athlete that may ever hear this. Vegas is not your friend, clearly. Y'all, all athletes be safe in Vegas. It is not this year. Ever since the Raiders have been there, this has been a very problematic town. Um, govern yourselves accordingly, man. We don't want man, we don't like to report on the bad parts. Figure out how to get you just go ahead and build it, build it into your budget and your savings. You need to get you some people that are around you that are gonna have your best interest. If it means putting them on the payroll so that they can make sure that 
trying to say everything without saying the fall guy. If they're going to put him on the payroll so that they can make sure that you stay out of trouble, it's worth the investment. It's worth get a driver. Get a driver. Hire no, Do you don't understand. Team. All of these teams will send a driver to come get you from wherever you are. In the event that you can't afford a $20 Uber, which is, I ain't even getting into that. But the teams, like, they don't want to deal with this type of stuff either. If you call and say, hey, I'm stuck somewhere, I need a ride, they will make sure that you get to a safe location. Very true, very true. Very you don't think that people at the Raiders would have been like, oh, yeah, whatever, yeah, send us that instead of having to deal with, Everything. they did have to deal, yeah. <laughs> that. Let's get the Matrix Mac, man. Yeah, man. So y'all stay out of Vegas, man. Um, just like we told Melo, stay away from Tiana Trump. Mattress Mac. <laughs> it's your reaction that makes me laugh. Mattress Mac. Uh, Mattress Mac has bread to Damn. burn. <laughs> How did Tiana Trump make it into this podcast? Nope. <laughs> I was about to say, you know what? She could probably make it anywhere she want to go. I about to say a lot of stuff. Uh, that is that is a <laughs> that is what I call a skilled laborer. Oh man, uh, mattress Mac. For those that don't mattress Mac, he is the Houston millionaire, unofficial, official, maybe billionaire, unofficial. I ain't gonna, uh, I ain't gonna say billionaire, but it's he, more than a billionaire. He made a even. I'm pretty sure he made a millionaire or a billionaire. How you be? I mean, no. Well, okay. When I think a millionaire, I think of like one. That's your that's your thought. (laughs) And you know what? I I I might be wrong. No, no. Uh, Once you said it, I'm glad you clarified. But yes, Mattress Mac is the multi-millionaire. Yeah, and yes, and he bets every year on multiple games. Every year, he typically bets on the Astros to win the World Series. And he actually did hit on the one that the Asterix uh, stole. Um, but he still made all the money. And now he bets it. I don't know if he's always been that way, but since I've been here, he's been very aggressive about betting on his teams. And, you know, then he, once his teams are eliminated, he still finds a dog in the fight this year. He put $4.5 million on the Bengals, which is the largest mobile wager. Oh, this he did this from the iPhone. Imagine betting 4.5 from your iPhone. That is is what we're here to champion right here. (laughs) That's the flex. No, no, I didn't have to go to the bank. I ain't go to Vegas. So the thing about it is, (laughs) I I think that he probably got a little sponsorship to do that as well. Like Mattress Mac, to, to make that much money, and still stay true to who you are in Houston. I've had, like I said, we said in the pregame, I I have never heard anybody say anything bad about Mattress Mac because I asked, I said, he's got all this money in Houston that he has to bet. Is he donating any to Houston? And you was like, yo, you can't talk bad about Mattress Mac. Him, every rapper, every and, storm, and the only ones fixing. Yeah, go ahead. Every storm, he just opens up gallery furniture. Need a place to stay? You can come here, and it's a big ass furniture store. With places to lay down. Yes. And I'm talking, I mean, the furniture he sells ain't cheap. Let's, that's the furniture store your mama wanted to go into, not your daddy. And <laughs> it's so accurate. You know, you know exactly what furniture store that is. Are you in that line? Uh, yeah. 
And I mean, but he that's the reason nobody will ever have any issues. He he reinvests the money. He's not one of those guys who rude, disrespectful, nice guy. He still does all the commercials. And when and when things go bad in Houston, he's one of the guys. It, it's sad when you got people like Joel Osteen who had a church closed, but Mattress Mac will open up his furniture store. Yep. Or uh, Ted Cruz. Oh, we ain't. Little fly to, fly to get on his flight and get mad that he was coming back from Puerto Rico. Oh, y'all caught me going out of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Ted they ain't got no Cruz. power, bro. I ain't finna be there. Ted, I, I don't, I don't want to get on. I don't, I can't understand how Ted Cruz is the way he is. Talk about his name is. All right, moving on. We've come to the end of episode 43 of the Splash. Yeah, let's get out of here. Reggie finna re- <laughs> reignite. <laughs> Uh, we come to the end of episode 43 of the Splash Cast, the Around the League edition. Happy Black History Month, where we talked about the NFL burning. Well, it's on fire. I don't know. It's too much money to burn to the ground. But it's on fire. Uh, so we had splashes of the week. We talked about NBA free agency and the snubs for the All-Star game. We talked about Jimbo Fisher getting mad for being upset that the NIL bought his number one recruiting, recruiting class, even though he's paid millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars to be mediocre. Uh... With that being said, oh, the HBCU 2022 HBCU rankings uh, for recruiting came out for National Signing Day. Shout out to Alabama A&M, Jackson State, and Grambling, um, as well as the A&T track team that is number one in the nation. And, of course, Hampton in, uh, in maybe get joined by A&T and Howard at the CAA, the Colonial Athletic Association, Delaware State. Y'all got to do better in basketball. I don't think I missed anything, man. If I didn't miss anything, nor would it take us out. We could be the realest podcast in the world and never forget that as long as you live. Yep. With that said, uh, first thing, we just had an episode this Thursday. The day when you hear this right now, this Thursday, at least Thursday. So Tuesday, we had the Atlanta episode. Please go back and listen to some great content on there. We talked a lot about the Hawks and where they are right there in the middle You know, just stick with us a little bit longer. Also, 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 Wednesday, Splashcast 12-pack. I'm listening to it right now. I'm going to go ahead and let y'all know. It's a little Nicki Minaj, little baby on there. J. Cole, YG, and Moneybag. Yo, 2 Chainz just had an album come out, Dope Don't Sell Itself. Y'all going to get something y'all never never heard before, a little Young Gravy and T-Pain. That's my jam, Hot Tub. And uh, Yo Gotti, he snapped. He 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 right now to me uh, is starting the year with the best album so far. And just to give you a quick taste, is what you were hearing from Jeezy, like his second or third album. Great beats, soulful, Great beats. but yeah. really rapping his ass off. Um, so, I mean, because that's what, it's a lot of good samples on it. It is, it is. I understand what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, don't don't step on don't step on my my album reviews. I'm trying to get these people what they need. And here you had the pod within a pod within a pod. This is what we call the metaverse pod. <laughs> I want y'all to understand what I said there. This is the metaverse pod. You went into a pod and went deeper into the pod. Yep. Yeah. Stay up. With that said, with that said, number one, more black baseball, and put Barry Bonds in the fucking Hall of Fame if y'all are not going. to you know, test for steroids anymore. You tested it, couldn't catch him, put him in there now. Um, number two, more black cowboys and cowgirls. 
Number three, support HBCU, specifically Hampton University, the greatest HBCU in all the land. Also, support the HBCU in your neighborhood. Do, do like your grandma used to do. She would fold up some money, put it in an envelope, and just go on by there and drop it off to somebody. Give it to a kid. Give a kid some money. And then also get some money to the endowment fund. We need it. You need it. We all need it. Um, I never miss anything. I've covered the, whoa, you thought. Saturday, Saturday morning live, we are having a ton of fun with them. Each week we have more and more engagement. We want y'all to be there. We want to know what y'all are thinking. Y'all come on next week. We're going to give y'all our Super Bowl picks. We're trying to help y'all get rich. Um, in the middle of this worldwide panoramic, we're trying to get y'all paid. So listen to what we tell y'all. I'm also going to have an opportunity to take some more Reggie's beers. Um, with that said, now that we got everything out of the way, you could have been anywhere else in the world. You, your cat, your dog, your kids, y'all all came and kicked it with us today. We truly appreciate that. We love y'all from the bottom of our hearts. It's only one thing left to do now. What's that, Reg? Hang, Hang out. out. We're going to go to sleep because it's late as hell. Y'all be safe. Y'all be safe, man. Love y'all. Adios, mi amigos. Buenos noches. Yeah. There's a whole lot of ass in the hot tub. It's a blast from the past in the hot tub. All she do is throw it back in the hot tub. I might throw a whole stack in the hot tub. Baby. Yeah, my phone got wet, so I'm glad I got double. Turn on my jets and I slide through the bubbles. Ain't done yet, now your bitch trying to cuddle. And her dad came home, looks like trouble. Underwater top, underwater brain, underwater thoughts, underwater dame, underwater top, underwater brain, got a lot of thoughts, got a lot of names. New bitch named Cassidy, shorty got lung capacity, why she keep throwing that ass at me? Damn, she got the audacity. I'm in the tub in a peacoat, yeah, about to catch heat stroke, while I'm getting my meat stroke, yeah, top in the speedboat. Oh, it's going down in the hot tub, we fuck around in the hot tub, in the hot tub. Can I get a hot tub? Everything is still not enough for me. Is it not love? I put the bullet in you like a hot slug, baby. Nose in it, but you popped up. Mannequin girl, I got you popped up. Long as you keep me topped up. Shucks. I'm never getting